Material Components. Episode 92. Finally, some answers. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Very, very happy to be here. Uh, hey, guys. Oh my god, no jokes. Love it. Uh, hey, guys. I, I am... Oh. I know, I realize I messed it up by then making a joke. Anyway, whatever, it's fine. Y'all, I am Olivia, and I'm playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I'm playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Hello, everybody. I am Michael Lisman, playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I would like to ask the question that I ask every time, and that is, do you remember what happened last time? I don't think Sid does. Crawlowin! Crawlbash! 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 The first semi-annual Crawlbash. Yes. <laughs> semi-annual, or is it biannual? I always get those two confused. Oh, yeah. Well, it happens every two oh. years. The one that's that. <laughs> either way, it was Bash. I don't remember either. <laughs> yes, Grawlbash did indeed proceed. Uh, a party pulled together by the, the sheer will of a hobgoblin <laughs> warlock was made manifest. <laughs> Truly his finest hour. <laughs> If that was my finest hour, oh boy. <laughs> yep, you peaked. Yikes. Downhill Yikes. downhill for Grawl from here on out. It's true, yeah. That's good, because you get a coast. You get a coast downhill, right? <laughs> right? True. That's comfort. Yeah. Okay, cool. Once it's cool. more of like a cliff, you know. <laughs> Some kind of eldritch skateboard just losing <laughs> straight down. Eldritch skateboard. All right. I've just come up with a new character yeah, idea. Yeah, right? <laughs> Pact of What's the Radical. It? Yeah. <laughs> Act of the pizza rolls. Um, Anarchy. Uh, never mind. Can we just talk about this Eldritch skateboard for the rest of the episode? Damn, that's cool. <laughs> Look forward to a new subclass be, to be released on our website. Nice. Um, what else happened besides? And also, we burned though? a body. Yeah, yeah, you did burn a a body. Uh, whose body? I, I forget. Your body. <laughs> whose body, Mister Body? <laughs> Mister Body's gone. Um, yeah, we burned the double's body. Mm. We burned. I burned my double. Um, indeed, following that ancient wisdom. Yep. Um, not before um fucking looting the body though. <laughs> 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 Uh, gotta. Yeah, of course. Gotta eat. 
tradition, yeah. Yes, uh, and in doing so, you found a, a couple of interesting tidbits, not least mm-hmm. of which was a spell book that was very reminiscent of the transplanar spell book you found on the body of a automaton mage some time ago. You also found a near-perfect replica of Maz that, while perhaps not a forge-bound item, is magical nonetheless. And you also found a strange brand upon the False Cherish that simply said the number three. Right. Which, yeah. I both so well. We, so have some, we have some working theories. It's the worst number for it to be, too. <laughs> Is it? What if well, it was like 75? Because then it's just an abstract number, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean there's 75 different cherishes out there. Hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I guess there still could be. The I mean, yeah, not but, ready for it that. Being, but it... Being three doesn't preclude the fact that there are 75 cherishes out there. This is just the third of 75. (laughs) Very true. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, after those discoveries, you then uh, took some time to rest up a little bit, recover yourselves, go looking for an invisible gnome who may or may not have been around desecrating corpses. She wasn't. Well, not... The or demon corpses, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> she wasn't doing it within sight of anyone still alive, so it's fine. Yeah, but doesn't mean it's okay. Who knows? If a demon gets deboned in the middle of a battlefield and no one's around to see it, is Did it, it okay? Happen? Did it really happen? Yeah, it's one of those. Old philosophical well, class questions. I'm well, pretty sure Confuci- Confucius spoke on this subject. Yes. But there is a golem now to prove that it did in fact happen, y'all. So It's true. Uh, George 2.0 or 3.0? We're not quite sure which... Uh, which 2.1? George Mark 75.0. It's that scene from Iron Man where he looks down and it's like Mark 42. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yes, there is a new George, a horrific visage of uh, demonic bones bound together with blood, mud, and leather that is now uh, present in and among the war camp. (laughs) Who knows where it went? Chillin'. Last you saw it was in your tent that you decided to sleep in. I'm trying to remember, when we saw it, did it look more or less like Judah? Than the last it, one, it definitely lacked the bovine skull. Uh, okay. Mostly, it was made up of the shattered remains of a bunch of those weird split-headed demons. So the number of like eye sockets and mandibles is profuse and upsetting. Mm-hmm. As are many things in this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> It's long ape-like arms had four digits, two mm-hmm. thumbs to either side of the wrist, and two long scraping claws protruding from the front. Its back was a, a riddled mess of shattered bones like some kind of demonic porcupine, and its rear legs uh, recurved and bent like a toad's ready to spring. Right, because now George is upsetting. <laughs> Only now. Not before. <laughs> no, Honestly, it just I crossed he, a I threshold. Looks, I think he looks more badass now. Sure. <laughs> I can argue with that. 
Looks like a Dark Souls boss. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but leastways, while doing that, you, of course, had some brief conversations with, uh, or Tirza had some brief concert conversations with uh, members of the Jarashir after the revelation that uh, a certain auger bearer had an auger which was not as it appeared. And now, now my boy's a man. That's what happens when your auger breaks, right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they didn't, the Sharashir didn't have sex ed class. I'm just pretty sure that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he has a little codal uh, warlock patron now. I love it. And that uh, little Quattle may, in fact, be a member of an organization that uh, you've heard tell of and seen, and that mm-hmm. is the the Conclave of the Shard Blessed, whoever they may be. Right. Organization 12. Isn't it the, what was it, the giant named Dorn? Was, wasn't that what it was? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know this creature by several names at this point. The most recent is that of Dorn, though it was also called Ketsigar by Bononi Rightseeker. So this strange giant that you saw in a vision of the past who was at least nominally leading this conclave uh, is now apparently reborn in the form of a tiny winged serpent. So cute. Very cute. After all of that, of course, Grawlbash happened. Mm -hmm. And much revelry was had by all involved. Uh, To to greater and lesser extents, uh, y'all got a little messy. Yep. You busted out the the wine donkey and just started peddling those spirits to any who would take them. Beerborough. <laughs> the legend of <laughs> Beerborough has <laughs> dawned, of course. God, the, the play sequel is going to be just oh, fucking it's, wild. It's going to be so good. Guys. Guys, I can't wait to see it. But the thing is, it's going to be nothing but spectacle, and I'm kind of okay with that. Not a lot of character <laughs> development. Spectacle just right up the ass. Just Like a just true sequel. sequel. Yeah, yeah. Michael sequel. Bay. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say like a bat, more of a Baz Luhrmann than. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Style over yeah. substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see those two collaborate. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> the most glittery explosions you ever what? did see. Oh, I don't know. I don't care either. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet too. <laughs> the friars pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I'd watch that. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, afterwards, those of you who partied hearty uh, eventually found your way to whatever rest you could. All but the the lonesome warlock himself, the the man of the hour, Grawl, who decided to be uh, the last part of your standing. I won. I won Grawl Bash. Secret rules. You know, there's a secret challenge that no one knew about. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. 
it's that secret achievement at the bottom of the list that you don't know how you're going to unlock it. Yeah. But when you do, you're like, it's oh, hey. Hidden. Yeah, it's hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, of course, Girl Bash was a competition. Why the- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the very end there, Grawl came upon a somewhat sad scene as you found your other tiefling companion, Valor. Valor, who had made a deal with the devil, quite literally, in the form of his mom, Zariel of Avernus, promising his service for ten years upon Avernus itself in exchange for holding the demons at bay. Could we argue it's dog ears? It's devil ears, which uh-huh. uh, that that translation rate is slightly more on the rough side where mortals are concerned. Yuck. But apparently the dawn of the 28th of so marked the end of Valor's ability to remain on the mortal plane without breaking any of his oaths. And as he was a man of his word... He willingly stepped down those stairs into hell, leaving on the note of wishing Grawl farewell, asking him to watch over the others, and to deliver a letter to his father at Fort Verge. Now... In the aftermath, I'm assuming that uh, Grawl would try to find some sleep, having been up all night. Yeah. Is, uh, was there a bench Valor was sitting on, like watching the fire, or no, was he, he just was standing there in the middle? Standing. Okay, well, if everyone's still asleep, um, I too will try to uh, find some shut-eye. Because the hangover is starting to, starting to, <laughs> starting to creep in a little bit. Just a little bit. Thankfully, the rest of your companions had found what sleep they could already. Uh, some of them in the tent where you'd been resting. Some of them in scattered locations throughout the camp, having been determined to not sleep wherever George is. That's a good choice. Good choices were made there. <laughs> Good job, Judah. But as you all have found sleep, there is, of course, a long rest awaiting for everybody. So, yes. hit points, right. spell slots, hey. hit dice, all that good stuff. Get those spell slots back. I almost asked, like, oh, yeah, how, how many spell slots do you have again, Lisbon? And then, and then it dawned <laughs> on me. <laughs> Reed is oh, not firing and, and... on all cylinders today. That's all right. Neither am I. Uh, oh, come on. But uh, as you all find sleep, the first maybe truly restful sleep you've had in several days, uh, that first hard night after banishing the Demogorgon was wrought with some visions of the abyss and nightmare planes that you witnessed the day before. 
Tonight, though, you are left to your own subconscious. And so I think in rounds I must ask, of what do the Threadless dream? Let's start with, I think, Master Sid Emberlight. <clears throat> Half-elf rogue. Oh. Well, newly discovered elvish prince of Stormhaven. <laughs> right. Twice bound savior of the valley. Shocker. Yeah. You know. Leader of the Threadless. <laughs> Most eligible hang on. bachelor. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Sid dreams of being home in Stormhaven. I think it starts in his childhood home. Uh, and he's he's an adult, uh, but he remembers it perfectly, and he's just kind of going through his day like he just got up. Uh, nobody else is there. Um, and then he uh, he starts to notice, like, wait a second, where? How did I? And and it start the wheels start turning, and he looks outside, and he sees the, his city engulfed in flames and chaos. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that is essentially his, his dream. Okay. Cherish of what does a tiefling dream? No, in a way, the, the kind of feeling is similar to Sid's where there's a moment in the dream in the beginning, the middle, who knows, where she wakes up in in the dream and is in a, a, an outcropping in the middle of a blizzard. And there are dark shapes moving in the snow. And it's like, oh, I've, I've been in Kenya this whole time. Coming back was a dream. Hmm. What about Tirza, the cloak bearer, miracle worker, auger bearer of the Jarashir? <laughs> of what does she dream? Um, I think she dreams about about um through throughout the the thread of the dream <laughs> that was an act that was accidental um but uh throughout the dream she um has this like sensation in the pit of her stomach that's that's like the pull of of reaching out and grasping the thread that jumps all of them from place to place. Um, so even when she's not moving, she there's a sensation in her body like she is. And I think um, it uh, the, the setting keeps changing, which makes sense because she's clearly moving. Um, and she feels like she's She's looking for something, 
Um, but it's that thing in a dream where you like, I, where you're like, I know what I'm looking for, but I don't, I, I don't actually know what it is. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I think at the end of it, um, she lets go of the thread and she's falling down a stair spiral staircase and she wakes up. And you wake up suddenly, having fallen, 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 and the first breath you take is of dew on grass. It is a shocking sensation, completely bereft of the mud and sweat and blood of a battlefield that you've become accustomed to over the last few days, near a week now. And that tepid swamp water smell, gone. And you feel the soft grass beneath fingers uh, against your back, unarmored, unadorned. It's this damp dew beneath you. And a voice from nearby says, well, that took long enough. Oh, I'm sorry, what? And you kind of blink and stare around. You're staring up at a completely blue sky. Not blue like the sky. Blue. Just blue. The deepest blue you've ever seen. Uh, a dark lapis color stained across the sky. No marbling or swirls, just this sheer color. No clouds, no atmosphere to speak of. Just blue. And glancing around, you see the grass beneath you isn't green and full of life, as you would expect, or at least not a life that you know of. It's gray. The soil beneath, not brown, but again, more blue. The darkest blue, nearly black. I look around. Glancing around, you're in a broad, gray, dark field. The sky, so blue, stretching out in every direction. Glancing to the left, you see in the distance a dark line on the horizon. Mountains, maybe? Towers? It's tough to say. They're just a dark smear on the horizon. Whipping your head to the other side, you see a figure there back to you, standing with large, muscled arms held behind their back, their head turned slightly to look over their shoulder towards you. You see the bald pate tattooed of this massive, giant creature you've seen before. And as you blink and stare at him, he will smile. And as your eyes focus, you see that just beyond him is an old man, slightly hunched but standing uh, strong nonetheless, his 
hands resting on a, a curved stave, though those hands are slightly scaled near the top of the palm and knuckles. Scales ride up his neck slightly. A large purple cloak rests on his shoulder. And he will smile warmly and adjust a set of spectacles as you see him. Oh, oh, um, I will push up from the grass and, like, go to them. Uh, and Sadagar will say, and, oh, good morning. Hi! I don't know if she says it just like that, but I'm excited. And he has just got the biggest smile on his face. What is this? Where is this? And Dorn will look towards the purple-cloaked Yuan-Ti and he will say, You've been here before, of course, though you don't remember. I was here before, in your stead. Uh, Dreamlands. Yes. Then. The second time you came, it was to a place I could not follow. Right. Um, I don't, well, I don't think anyone's, I don't think I was, I don't think any of us were supposed to be there, but yes, that makes, uh, why, why, um, cigar, you said you wanted to speak to me. Is, is that what this is? Hmm. Yes. Quick on the uptake, this one. Rarely, but this makes sense. And Dorn will finally turn towards you uh, while Sadagar comes around and it looks like he's like struggling not to come in for a hug. If if I see any indication of that, I will like uh, Tirza doesn't hug him, but she'll just go and like like uh, like lean, sort of, or stand like stand close and like the the inclination of pressure. And he will lean ever so gently against your shoulder, and just have this big smile on his face. And he will say in that bit more wispy voice that you've heard in your ear oh so many times. It is good to finally see you. Two. Uh, is he larger than I am or smaller? Uh, he is larger than He's you. He's old. Because okay. you are a small young girl here. Oh. Okay. Um, Tirza, cloak bearer, who has yet to grow into the fullness of adulthood, who 
had a cloak that dragged slightly on the ground. <laughs> a tears a cloak um, bearer who had not yet been blessed by Andrin Jinye, and is perhaps how she still sees herself. Uh, and related to that, I think she'll take take uh, his hands and uh, say to him, "You look." Just how I thought you would. <laughs> and then she'll kind of like realize like she didn't know necessarily that she thought of him as like looking like a humanoid, but she does. And he looks perfect. What a snake friend. <laughs> there is so much I want to say. But, uh, and he'll cast a look towards Dorn. And the large, imposing giant will wave a hand. You can see now this creature, Dorn, reminiscent in strangeness to what you've seen reflected in certain transformed dragons in the valley. There's just an oddness about this creature. The tattoos on his face and scalp are maybe part of it. The strange shining quality of his skin is perhaps part of it. The eyes are definitely part of it. They look like Bononi's eyes are now. Myriad rainbow colors, shards of crystal ringing the pupil in the center. If there is divinity, then this creature, Dorn Ketsigar, has a bit of it in him. But he will say, there is all the time we need here, old friend. And he will turn towards you and say, you need not worry about waking up with another week having passed this time, though. That's... That's good, I think... Well, actually, the rest of my party's probably gonna be pretty out of commission for the next little while, so they maybe wouldn't notice, but at least not right away. We will see uh. to them. I wanted to give you and shun this chance to say hello before it became a whole thing. They... Thank you, but are they coming here? Wait, what? And Sadagar will say, if they sleep, they will be here eventually. Oh. Um. Why? Why? There is so much to discuss, Tirza. Oh, well, yes, obviously. Um. And if we manage to bring Stormpiercer and Maz here as well, all's the better. And 
and growl. Teeth. And the two will exchange a look with each other. Sadagar yeah. will look back and say, It depends, I think, on where he chooses to go this night. Right, because he can just kind of drapes in and out of the dreamlands like as he wants to. Um, does this have something to do with with the the conclave? Are are Maz and Stormpiercer involved in? Dorn will give you a steady look and say, in a way, they were not part of the Jarashir, the beginnings of your religion. He'll turn towards Sadagar. I still find it somewhat distasteful that it has become a religion. And Sadagar will shrug and say, we cannot help the way legends and mythos have spread through the world. Uh, this is like um, she'll kind of laugh um, this is so uh, what what about the other augurs are they part of this too or and then they both get solemn looks on their faces and Sadagar will say, Not yet, no. It is by mere happenstance that I have awakened in the way that I have. Your adventures, your journeys have... They gave oxygen to the spark, the fire of my essence. by traversing the plains, by walking the dreamlands the way that you did, I awakened. The others are not so lucky as I. Lucky to have a partner such as you, Tirza. I mean, uh, thank you, Though, of course, it wasn't intentional. We've mostly just been grasping at loose ends. And Dorn will let out a bark of a laugh. Ha! <laughs> a true Jarashir, then. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> and Sadagar will say, we did much the same in our day. Seems like in these difficult times that it's. I'm starting to realize that, that grasping at straws and trying to just do whatever can be done in the moment seems to just sort of be the only thing one can do. Um, 
but those with what... knowledge never seem to want to share it. Just like clenches her jaw. And Dorne will say, but we are changing that right now. Okay. Good. So that that's... I mean, what what can you tell me? And Sadagar will put a, a hand on your arm and say, we should perhaps gather the others first. Oh, of course, yes. Dorne simply gave us this chance to speak before we delved into more serious matters. Uh, and Tirza at that will like turn fully and look at her, her big snake grandpa and give him like, and just like, this is where the full hug comes in. And he'll wrap one arm around you while holding his cane with the other. And you can feel the, the shaking in his chest as he's trying to like contain tears and doing a terrible job. Yep. Yeah. Her too. Um, and eventually like, uh, it gets to be like a little too much and, and, you know, wiping at her eyes, she'll, she'll turn back to Dorn and, and say, okay, um, we should, uh, we should, Get everyone. Hmm. Um. Sid. You watch Stormhaven burn. In the distance, you see the towers of Old Haven cracking and crumbling. Some great fire whelms from the center of that place. A shadow erupts from the flames. Black, winged, horned, roaring as some dark power emanates from a creature that refuses to die. A roar that you've heard once before as it left the bulwark of bone. Pyre scale. But a hand touches your shoulder and a voice says, It does not have to go this way. I turn I turn to look at the voice. And some Errol Flynn looking motherfucker <laughs> stands behind you with a, a serious look on his face. I think uh I think I think I just through dream logic, I think I know exactly who it is. Um how do I stop this? What do I do? We must do what we have always done, Sid. We must find those who would cause ruin and bring them low. Uh, 
We must stand fast by those who are our allies. It is through the bonds of friendship and camaraderie that we will overcome the darkness. And the people of Stormhaven, those who I have not been able to protect in my absence, will they forgive me? There will be suffering. Some may blame you and your companions for the death that is even now taking that city. But others will praise your names. You cannot please everyone, Sid. You of all people should know this by now. Yeah. I am learning that lesson. You have been teaching me that lesson. Thank you. (laughs) Indeed. As I once taught it to your mother, I should think. It's, um... Well, actually, I I look out the the window again. I I assume the, the city is still burning. Um... Well, then what are we waiting for? Mostly for Tirza and Sadagar to stop hugging it out, as far as I can tell. I'm sorry, I don't follow. Where's Tirza? Uh, No, you must follow, right now. What? Follow me, Sid. And turn and move out into the courtyard. Okay, now now I'm... Alright. Just go with it! Okay. And as you walk through the pillars and archway into the open courtyard that once served as your mother's training yard, you suddenly find yourself in an expansive gray field with a deep azure sky. It's as though you just suddenly walked out into this place. In the distance, you see three figures one of which is a much smaller version of Tirza than you're used to seeing these days. Though that is what she looked like a mere five months ago. Right. Stormpiercer stands just in front of you, smiling. There is a strange blue-gray outline around him. It looks like a serpentine ghostly afterimage that is laid behind him. Multiple tendrils weave around where his humanoid arms are, a bulbous extrusion near his shoulders and head. You can't tell what it is, but it is a strange afterimage that seems to follow him in this place. Hmm. And he will say, we have been called. He says that to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we, this may seem like a dumb question, are we in the dreamlands? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I've seen a lot of shit in the last few days. We could have been anywhere, honestly, at this point. 
Yes, that is where we are. Anywhere. Okay. All right. Cherish. Yeah. The blizzard rages around you. The dark shadow of Mephistar lurking just beyond what you can see in the whiteout. The cold is beginning to creep in to your toes, to your fingers. Perhaps you are not so immune to this place as you thought. It is a bitter, seeping pain. But the pain that is worse is the sudden heat of fire that comes out of the cold. It is the sensation of being frozen and suddenly thrown into a furnace. The crackle of lightning nearby, ripples making your hair stand on end, the sulfurous stink of acid acrid filling your nostrils. Some poisonous fume filling your lungs, making it sting and burn, and all the while the cold eats at your fingertips and toes. This brilliant five-colored light flares from the whirling snows around you, and a multi-layered voice says, Not here. Not today. I think Cherish is like, because like she's under like an outcropping, so it's like that like fight or flight, like trying to back herself into the wall <laughs> to get away. <laughs> and there's a thunderous. The walls around you shaking, stone shattering from the ceiling above you, ice falling in sheets. The smell of smoke and cinder and fume filling and burning your lungs. Darkness overwhelming, casting a shadow across the whiteout, filling your vision with darkness. And then a figure steps into the cave. Humanoid. Slim. Tall. Draconic. A tail swishing slightly against the snow. She will flare her nostrils and fire will roll out. Golden scales. She holds a book beneath one arm. There's a large iron-bound tome. Three locks appear on its side. Three that are closed, anyway. Two have already been flung open. And she will stare at you, eyes narrowing slightly. And she will say in a single voice, Did I teach you to cower? That was you. Deductive reasoning. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I'm in the place that scares me the most, and then I thought I was going to die. 
Okay. Cut me some slack. <sighs> no. Okay. Come. We are needed elsewhere. Okay. She will turn with a whip of her tail. The, like, pants a little too tight. Totally inappropriate for the cold weather out here. As she turns, you see whatever light out there being cast by the dim glow of Mephistar throws her shadow backwards against the wall, and it is this immense, towering creature, five writhing necks serpentining through the air, wings folded outwards. And she will turn with a single slitted eye looking back to you and say, We do not have all night. Cherish just, like, gets up and walks forward like, oh man, this just keeps getting worse. And as you follow Maz out of the cave, the rocky shelf, suddenly one step would lead you out into the open air of that blizzard and you are standing in a gray field. The deepest blue sky above you. In the distance, you see three figures gathered across this empty plain. One of them is Tirza, as you remember her some months ago, before stepping into the mouth of a god. The draconic humanoid in front of you will stop and look back and say, they don't want me here, but they need me, and they need you. Never forget that. Oh, okay. And she will turn and stalk towards the group assembling there on the plane. Hey, guys. Sid and Cherish, you approach at roughly the same time. Oh. Here's a you see your friends approaching. I think she is like, just big old grin. Um, hey, uh, do we see the other, do I see the other Absolutely. Uh, Okay, gotcha. This is what they. This is. I'm not. I know. <laughs> nothing about this is surprising. And Stormpiercer says, "Ah, oh, yes, introductions." Ha <laughs> ha. Sid, mm-hmm. Maz, Maz, Sid, Sid, Sadagar, Sadagar, Sid. Hello, everybody. Stormpiercer. He says, pointing at himself. I think Stormpiercer. I think everybody is already. Yeah, it's fine. No harm in being polite, Sid. That's true. Well. And I don't know who the tall one is. But he is the one who has brought us here. Grawl? Is that you? Is that what... Is that what the the thing looks like? No. No. Uh... 
this is Kitsugar. The and the strange semi-angelic whatever he is will step forward and say greetings threadless and forge bound I am Ketsigar who was called Dorn who was known as Duma who was known as Da'at the eminence of emptiness Nani's forge bound. Okay. I am forge bound, patron and soul of Bononi Right Seeker. It is by his life that I am returned. And it's going to explain everything. <laughs> Perhaps not everything. I do not wish to get your hopes up. I simply wish to have a frank conversation for the first time in what is a long, long time. No, cherish, exactly. Audio listeners, Elliot has their hands on their face uh, in a joyful home alone gesture. <laughs> Imagine... Imagine if if Kevin McAllister was happy <laughs> instead of screaming. <laughs> I have been informed of much that has transpired in your realm these last centuries from Tirza's elder, Sedna the Scaled. Her own forge bound, another of my number remains shrouded. There is something about the valley within which you live that diminishes the spirits that dwell within those items you hold. Diminishes spirits. And Stormpiercer will say, but for some reason, we are doing a lot better. Well, we've been outside the valley. I wonder if there's some kind of extra planar influence that's caused that. And Maz will say, that was the start of it. So it started with the, the trials or when we first went to the Beastlands? Dorn will say whenever it was that you first traversed outside the valley that began the process every time you stepped foot outside the bounds of that place your spirits your forge bounded items their will their essence grew stronger you must have noticed yeah. Mm. <laughs> Years of doing this has brought us to this moment, to this place, anywhere. 
This is a portion of the Dreamlands. The Dream Realms. Dalquor, as it was once known. And Stormpiercer will say, No, I don't think that's right. Dalquor is simply a realm within the Dreamlands. How do I know that? I don't know how I know that. And he'll look at you, Sid. I don't know. I didn't know you look like this. Hmm. Did you did you know you look like this? I don't think I do look like this. It's... Do I look like this? I do sort of look like this, don't I? Mm. I look good. It, it's like ridiculous, but it's but in a good it's like just it's just writing the the line of like ridiculous and fantastic, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think it yeah. I feel like we've been doing that for a while now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Dorn will smile at this interaction, but then say, Yes, perhaps you are right, spirit. I do not know much of the Dreamlands, though I am connected to it via my own blessing. It is through this place that I am able to reclaim my own essence, my own memory. When I return to the waking world, I will possess my full knowledge. Uh, And the rest? Will everyone else? And he'll slowly shake his head. I do not believe so. Until they can come here of their own accord, that was part of the soul forging that we worked. And Sadagar will say, It was a long, involved process, but before the calamity, before magic went mad, we of the Conclave we discovered a method with which we could preserve our essences, converted to a spiritual form and bound to certain objects. Mm. So long as those objects withstood the test of time, we would persevere, and it was theorized... Regenerate. But Cherish, give me an arcana roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I get advantage? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, you're just gonna be, right there. I mean, she's it's just right gonna be. There. It's just gonna be Maz like leaning over to you and telling you. The Actually, that's like bullshit. Listen to this. <laughs> she can like heads. see the. She can see the wheel, the gears turning, and she's like, "No, no, no, no. Here, I'll tell you." <laughs> it also works like this. If you're just too mad to die, you can <laughs> just keep going. It's weird. Um, that is a. Here's my arcana. Okay. Um, that is a 22. 
That sounds an awful lot like what liches do. It does. Now, hey now. This is what dreams are made of. Hey, I... <laughs> um... And you, like, exchange a look with Maz, and she kind of nods as this realization comes to you. So, and I I don't want to, like, put labels on stuff, because, like, you guys seem super nice. But, like, that's... Are you guys... You guys liches? And Sadagar will chuckle. <laughs> Not yes. in... <laughs> There are similarities to the ritual, of course, but to every darkness there is a light. Practices of good necromancy, you might say, do exist, child. It is not that we would be reborn via undeath, but via our connection to the shard mind, to the living gate itself. we would be remembered by the universe and be reborn from that memory. Interesting. And why do forge-bound items need to be connected to an individual in the valley? And Dorn will shake his massive head and say, This I am still unsure of. What is a forge-bound item? What is the purpose of such a thing, beyond giving mere strength and power and capability to the mortals who are bound to them? Mm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, is is that what all forge-bound items are? And I mean, one sort of exchanges looks with Stormpiercer and Maz. Yeah, I, uh, Tirza will actually cut in with. I mean, that explains how the augurs were made. Uh, they're ancient artifacts, but both Stormpiercer and Maz are are new. They're not, and they weren't part of the conclave. And Maz will snort. New. No, you know what she what means. The, the relative, in terms of the item creation. Tirza will kind of shrink away from mass. Very. So, so Maz and Stormpiercer were soul forged after the augurs were. Well, well Stormpiercer and Maz didn't exist when the augurs did. I mean, Kalkin made Stormpiercer, and Cherish made Mass. The items, that is. Right. And Maz will say, But our spirits were of far more ancient make. Cherish just, like, <laughs> stares at the ground. I... Give Stormpiercer a like. 
I've kind of just accepted that he's there sort of through like dream logic. But I, mm -hmm. I think for the first time I really like, what, a, what, what does he appear to be? Human, as far as you can tell, there's that strange ephemeral outline around him. But he will look back at you. I mean, he's slightly tall and skinny. Uh, looks to have a whipcord strength about him. Yeah. He's got a rapier on his belt and uh, kind of a, a fancy lad hat with a feather coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, as far as you can tell. Yeah. And Stormpiercer, who isn't exactly looking at you, he's more like giving, like looking up into the the sky a little bit with a a delicate finger on his chin. He will tap it several times and say, "Well, this seems perfectly obvious." Oh. It is simply a matter of protection. The world is a dangerous place, and the valley, or whoever made it, saw fit to give the folk of the valley uh, a means of defending themselves. Sure. I mean, that that is definitely a possibility, although that does bring up the question as to who specifically created the valley, although... I mean, lore holds that it was the old mage. Right. Zenerva did, in fact... I, I mean, why? just why wouldn't she tell us? The reason why she doesn't tell us a lot of things. Whatever She's it is. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Dorn and Sadagar will exchange a, a conspiratorial look with each other. And if if Maz's spirit is who or what I think it is, I it just it seems like a lot of power to be able to just randomly redirect to some forge bound. And Maz will sneer and say, "Random. This was no uh, random I mean, exactly, chance." But that's what I mean, though. Like, how can she? How, how could she have the power or the in or the not like the um, omnipotence, quote unquote, which we know she doesn't have, to be like, "Oh yeah, let's grab this one and put it in that one." And Maz will turn towards you and say. Child, you misunderstand. I chose this. And she'll, without looking, point a finger at Stormpiercer and say, As did the idiot. Some trapped within that cage that you call a valley were not so lucky. As far as I can tell, the dispersal appears to be random. 
but where the two of us are concerned, we chose our paths and simply waited for an opportunity to join with the two of you. And the old mage presented that opportunity to you? And for the first time, Maz will turn and look at you, Sid, and she has a terrifying draconic face. (laughs) And she will sneer and say, we took advantage of her inability to widen her own focus. You saw what happened when she tried to concentrate on two things at once. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yep. Why was more of a to what end? I can't speak for the idiot, but for my own designs to keep Cherish safe. Insight check of, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, I don't actually know. I don't think Cherish would insight that. Would check, would, yeah, think to check that. Um, Hold on, I'm good at this. Uh, 19. (laughs) She seems to be telling the most vehement truth. What... What did Cherish mean to you before coming to the valley? Yeah, I mean, why you? Why me? I mean, right, okay, I know, like, just stupid family stuff, but is that it? There is potential in you, Cherish. Potential I would not see squandered on some petty vendetta. There are those who would wield you like a weapon when you should be wielding your own power to your own end. Those who wish to manipulate you. (sighs) She'll sneer. They are the greatest fools of all. And I would take the greatest pleasure in watching them burn. (laughs) Cherish does that kind of, like, little, like, you know, kind of puts her shoulders back a little bit, like, yeah. You know, they're pretty cool. (laughs) And Stormpiercer will say, is she calling me dumb? Stormpiercer, the fact that it took you this long to re You know what? I think I should be offended. Right? Uh, if you want. That's hmm. up to you. That yeah, seems like a waste of time. Yeah. <sighs> Better to let, you know, water off a duck's back. But leastways, I don't know what she's talking about, Sid. 
So you, so as Maz sort of before becoming the forge bound uh, had this uh, interest, this connection in, in cherish, you didn't necessarily have the same thing for, although you knew my mother. Ah, yes. Angela. How did that, were you already in the sword at that point? Mm, what? No. Because your father mentioned that he Wait, was a Wait, yes, ghost. I was a sword. No, I am a sword. But then how could well, I... Okay. Hold on. Hmm. Sidian this is odd. said some... something about a ghost? Story. A voice. Yes, yeah. that name. Hmm. Have you ever remembered two things at the same time? That are mutually exclusive. Uh, probably. I don't know. I can't. I'm just simply wondering if this is a problem that one experiences when they have two legs, two arms, a torso, and a head. This was never a problem when I was a sword. Well, perhaps uh, memories are coming. Perhaps being here uh, helps. Being in this form helps you remember things you couldn't remember before. Hmm. Possibly. You spoke a language when we were closing the rift on the back of the Tarrasque. Does that ring any bells? Does that... Can you remember what language that was? Ringing bells. Singing. Yes. And he starts speaking like a strange circular language that's full of like throat sounds and clicking and he's like like he doesn't realize how he started speaking it and he doesn't know how to stop oh no does anybody does anybody know what language this is and Dorn is looking at him like a little surprised uh yes that is Hmm. That is the language of this place, of the dreamlands. That is the dream speech. So... And Stormpizzle goes, <laughs> So you're from the dreamlands. Wait, can you not can you not speak common anymore? Sid. Well, you got my name, I guess. Speaking dream speech. Is this bringing up any memories? This language? I don't know why I asked. I wasn't going to be able to understand. Yeah. And. He'll put his hands on his hips and shake his head. I don't understand. How am I not? Oh, hey, there it is. Hey, hey, nice. All right. <laughs> Victory over my own tongue. <laughs> I no, I do have no idea. Okay. All I am remembering, though, is yes, Angela, your mother. I was not. Hmm. I was not a sword. 
This is very odd. I have always been a sword. Except when I am not. But even then, I was a blade. Yes? No. Perhaps. I did cut. Rended. Tore through. Hmm. Strange. He will kill. You're not a sword now. This is true. But this is some kind of dream that you're having. In a very technical sense, yes. But I think it's a bit more complicated than that. Hmm. I don't understand. I mean, Um, I don't fully understand either, but, you know, that's why I have people here to help. Right. Cherish, what is going on? (laughs) Uh, um, I think maybe Dorn is better equipped to... um, Right. Dorn, what is going on? Yeah. Dorn, let's have that frank conversation, perhaps. Right. You said we don't have all night. I suppose we should cut to the chase and get to what you wanted to speak with us about. Yes. But first we should perhaps discuss the matter of your final companion. Oh, yeah. Grawl is probably... I can extend an invitation to your last companion, but in doing so, it will invite the creature that he has bound himself to. Uh, really quick, out of character. Mm. Do we know that the thing's name is Mott? No. no. Okay, just so. wanted yeah. to double check. No. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. <laughs> we unfortunately know very little about this creature, and it, it might yeah. be hard to make that judgment call without knowing what. What do you know of this 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 entity? Yeah, we know it's say- been called a. Parasite. I may be able to help where this is concerned. Mm -hmm. The creature, this parasite that Grawl has become entwined with, it is a prisoner of an ancient species called the Yith. They are scholars of a sort, gathering knowledge from across time and space to fill their archive. Their goal is to have a record of all existence, though the means by which they acquire this knowledge is at times horrific. It is said that they will destroy... Thirteen species before their work is complete. Wow. But this 
This creature is the thing which they fear. So they locked it in their big library. A place beyond space and time where it could no longer do the harm that they feared. Hmm. If they if they hate this creature, if they if they fear it, then certainly that makes it a powerful ally. Uh, and Dorn and Sadagar will turn towards each other, exchange a look, and Sadagar will grim-faced turn back to you. Our order once consisted of thirteen, Tirza. And and when taken to a logical extreme, certain views held by the shard mind can be detrimental to reality itself. Wait. I'm not following. Yeah. <laughs> the creature... The thing that has become Grawl's patron. No. It was perhaps once a Jarashir. Whatever oh. it is now. For real? Wild. It made bargains. It was corrupted. It became something else. Something which shook the foundations of the multiverse. Is that some, why you are... Oh, go ahead. Some named it the Deophage. The Godslayer. That's a pretty good name. It. There has long been a debate among the Conclave upon whether or not allowing the Yith to imprison our companion was the right choice. I'm still uncertain myself. So it was the Jarashir's decision to imprison this creature? And Dorn will shake his head and say, We made no such decision. We simply allowed it to occur. <sighs> well. Our other alternative my... was to make war with the Yith. In the words of my favorite uh, group of bards, 
If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And Sadagar will nod and say, there is wisdom in that. Shoutouts to my favorite part, Getty Lee. Sadikar will exchange looks with the three of you. Well, I think Grawl should be here. I agree. If for no other reason than having us this explained to us and then explaining it to Grawl is going to be kind of annoying. Sadikar will nod and look to you, Tirza. Maybe... We've, well, it, we still don't know what exactly is going on, but Grawl is a part of it, no matter what, and that means that his, almost called it his dark passenger, that's not what I meant, that's not what I meant, uh, and his patron, this parasite, will be involved. We might as well lay cards on the table and see if he has any insight. Sadikar will nod and look back at Dorn, who's standing beyond these three pairs in front of him, his arms crossed, and he'll shake his head, but he'll say, I am not a tyrant with my power. I mean, what's, what is the danger, I guess? In this place, perhaps none. We are in the realm of dreams. We are within my emanation, the emptiness, anywhere. We are beyond the world tree here, so the odds of its escape are very low. Should this creature reach the branches of Einsof, then who knows where it may go, what destruction it may reap. Here, perhaps there is no danger. But perhaps not. I cannot predict what knowledge this creature has attained over the course of our absence. In the millennia it has spent trapped. I do not know. Well, I one thing I think we all can agree on is that we do not have all of the information here. I think it might be a risk, but... I mean, hell, this isn't the first time we have turned to somebody who was cast out from the Jarashir for information. Sadagar will nod at that and say in a low voice, Jeremiah Payne. 
and Dorn will let out a long breath and a sigh. Very well. Then we call to your friend Grawl, and come what may. Grawl. Yesum. After falling asleep, after the last mournful goodbye to Valor, of what does Grawl dream? Um... Grawl was thinking about uh, how Tirza pulled everyone up the spirals uh, of the giant staircase in the Dreamlands. Um, And so he was thinking he was going to explore the upper reaches uh, on this night uh, rather than go down and tread the the archive or explore down uh, the lower levels. It is a meditative experience to take one's instinct, to slow it down on a cognitive level, to understand the processes by which we achieve certain innate reactions, to focus on one's breathing, to feel the twitch of one's singular muscles, to Stop a thought before it becomes a thought. To stop oneself before they reach the bottom of a staircase that up until now it was simply instinct to fall to the bottom, to enter a shadowy dream archive that was at least part of a prison for a creature to which he had bound himself. But so goes Grawl of no legion this night. Stopping at a landing, just any old landing? Um, I don't think there's anything particularly special about it. Um, maybe there's a like a uh, a torch there or something lit rather than it just being dark all the time. And so it is, because in this place, in a dream, reality is as Grawl makes it to be. The torch there's lots was of chicken there. wings and, and there's booze everywhere and my favorite band and I got like signed posters and everything. It's great. I love it. A faint echo of music up those spiraling stairs. The feeling in your belly of having consumed many, many chicken wings. The faint smell of beer lingers in the air. This is great. I'm not going home. And opening a door, any old door, you open out onto a wide, open plain of gray grass and blue sky. And a presence you can feel behind you. The door is open, you see out in the the distance a group of figures huddled. You recognize at least three of them. And then the other three you recognize from a time in the dreamlands. 
turning back, a figure shrouded in brown, mottled cloth, large green eyes glowing out from beneath. There's a low, chittering sound that echoes faintly through the spiraling stairs. Um, for a moment, Grawl is kind of pissed off because what the hell are these nerds doing here when I specifically told them not to come here again? Um, so he's got some parental, just like, <laughs> I'm mad just like a little bit. Like, a, like, you're obviously okay, but what did I tell you? Do you kids not listen? So I think that propels him into into the space. And you feel an eager, low word from behind you. As Mott follows from behind. The low flutter of moth wings in the silence behind you. As the figure, always swathed in shadows, always... Lurking just beyond your sight, steps out into a well-lit open area and lets out a... of anticipation. And I think it is there that we're going to take our break. And when we come back, we're going to have a meeting of the minds and of the mott. Greetings, Matt comrades. It is I, Mike Gargoni, your humble dungeon master. Just catching up with you midway through this episode so that I can give you an important announcement that I will also be sharing at the end of the episode, but I thought I'd just slip in here in the middle to reiterate things. We are quickly approaching our second anniversary here on Material Components, and in doing so, we hope to garner more of your sweet, sweet favor by giving away some awesome D&D books for our anniversary. That's right, just like the mayor of Blue Gulch, we are going to give away stuff on our birthday. For a chance to win, all you need to do is go check out our Twitter, at MattComRPG, that is of course spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G, and when you do so, you will most likely see our giveaway tweet. Seeing that tweet, all you need to do is follow us there, like that tweet, retweet that tweet, and there you go, you are entered to win. Next episode, the one airing on November 4th, we will announce the winner and they will be able to get their choice of one of three awesome third-party D&D books, which include Arcana of the Ancients from Monty Cook Games, The Caretaker Warlock Supplement from Metal Weave Games, and Deep Magic from Cobalt Press. On top of one of those three books, you will also be given a set of dice chosen by our party members and an awesome art print of everybody's favorite spooky gnome Talila from our very own Elliot C. Lewis. Remember, to enter, all you need to do is head over to twitter.com, find us at matcomrpg, find that giveaway post, like and retweet and follow us there on Twitter, and you will be entered to win most of those things. All of those things. Got a little omatep there for a second. <laughs> don't want to be winning a contest with him, I don't think. Ah, anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they were all asleep. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's all that happened. Yeah. 
While sleeping, they were drawn to the dreamlands by the newly revealed Dorn Ketsigar, a strange quattle slash giant slash Azamar slash... There's a lot going on with this guy. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, yeah. But leastways, you were drawn there with the formed material bodies of your forge-bound items to have a frank discussion for the first time ever about what the heck is going on. <laughs> we're, we're only, what, 89 episodes in? <laughs> 92, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's counting besides me? I was, I was, trying, to be, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> but leastways, you <sighs> learned some... Shocking revelations already uh, within this conversation about the nature of forge-bound items, about the nature of the valley itself, and about the fact that Grawl's warlock patron has a lot more going on than our little hobgoblin friend was probably aware of. Though it might make the brief aside he had with Shamaran the Wise a few sessions back make a little bit more sense. That's true, yeah. A bit. Like a smidge, I, like a solid I was, smidge. I was saying to to Elliot, like I knew, I knew Reed's thing and my thing were like sort of connected, but I'm I'm you so glad you're pillar. in the family. Yeah, dog, Ma was on the pillar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I saw that though, and you don't I'm tell us anything. <laughs> Why would I? That's no fun. But yes, I assume we already know it. Now is a time for a bit of a family reunion because, as it was revealed, Mott was once part of the Conclave of the Shard Blessed, those progenitors of the Jarashir who are only now beginning to reawaken thanks to some totally, it's fine, it's kind of the opposite of a lich thing that they're doing. <laughs> it's the That's good the kind of necromancy. It's okay. Yeah. We're doing it. Did they necromancy me back from hell? Uh, who knows? But uh, <laughs> leastways, the art of their returning aside, they are beginning to bring themselves back to consciousness via the essence that has been locked away within the augurs themselves. Though apparently there is something about the valley that is stunting the awareness and growth of the spirits locked within the forge-bound items. Bummer. Some of those items may contain massive, ancient spirits, the likes of which would shatter the earth that trod beneath her feet should she choose it to. And some just contain sweet, sweet boys who don't know any better. Who who could Mike be talking about no in idea. this context? I don't know. I mean, you know... Uh, Stormpiercer is a quite an unstoppable, um, powerful force, I'm sure. <laughs> I just like the idea that someone wanted to do good enough and just be like jovial enough to be like, I've materialized myself into a sword to kick ass. <laughs> That's awesome. Why not? Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah. Upon receiving a somewhat esoteric invitation to this meeting. Grawl, you find yourself on the edge of these plains known as Anywhere, with the creature Mott just behind you, 
now revealing itself, stepping into the light, one long chitinous leg revealing from beneath the brown tattered robes. You see a clawed foot planting itself on the grass, and even as it steps, the grass, already gray and somewhat disquieting, withers beneath its footstep. It's usually a good sign. It's usually mm. a very good sign. Its chittering uh, voice letting out an exultation of anticipation. Is this the type of thing where, like, Mod is walking and creating its own, like wreathed in dark smoke kind of thing or is that just purely due to the fact that like the archive is a dark spooky place even as you watch the ground beneath Mott's foot at first what you thought was wilting grass doesn't wilt so much as just melt and the ground beneath Mott's feet and by extension your own feet become the smooth weathered flagstones that you are all too familiar with the archive, it seems, follows that which it keeps, no matter the realm. Actually, probably the best case scenario for 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 this. <laughs> maybe, or maybe the archive's expanding into a new wing, <laughs> breaking new ground. <laughs> we just don't know. Mm-hmm. The zine section. Grawl, mm-hmm. in the near distance, you see six <laughs> figures that you recognize and one that you don't. Three, your companions in the waking world, and three, the yahoos who you managed to find and rescue in the dreamlands. I resent that. Rescue's a strong word. <laughs> no, no, no. We rescued him oh, in yeah. the dreamlands. Yeah. No. Very much No. <laughs> Y'all fought giant spider centipede thingies. Yeah, we had it handled. We had it on lockdown. Yeah, we were like, good to go. I'm I'm sure you did. I'm I'm very proud of them, not you three. Yeah, you didn't do it. it. Uh, You standing just behind you as you find yourself in this place, Mott will say, they must truly be desperate. You're ready to make some friends? Friends. Yes. I once counted them as such. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be interesting you see before you the art the emptiness emanation of the void also once known as Duma angel of dreams the wrinkled old one Binah emanation of knowledge once known as Penemu, Angel of the Written Word. Know these names, they will grant you power over them. I, oh, all right, I'm not looking to have power over them, Mount. Hmm. 
for now, perhaps. And in the distance, Stormpiercer will shout, Are you just going to stand there and look creepy? Yeah, it's like kind of awkward. I mean, it's kind of thing, really. Yeah, I'm just chatting really quick. Mm -hmm. Just, just, Come over here. (laughs) Why are you covering your mouth? (laughs) Yeah, why are you covering your mouth? It's so hard to understand you. (laughs) Oh, is that better? I don't know what voice I just did. I just turned into John C. Riley. <laughs> that's, that's, that's who Brawl is in the dream. Yeah. All of my characters on the inside are just John C. Riley. Um, yeah. I don't know why uh, I did this. That's John Cena. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brawl, shout back. Just, just give, give, give me a second. One second. In this place now, you can see Mott is a solid seven feet tall. Oh, he's almost as tall as me. The figure hunched in its brown, tattered robes now, not shrouded in the darkness of the archive. You can see two long arms held down near its bent, articulated knee joints, of which there are two per leg. One curving back around on itself as the clawed foot stands on the ground. Its long hands with two long fingers protruding and two thumbs to either side of the wrist coming out with chitinous claws and two smaller sets of arms somewhere near its midsection rustling the cloak, pulling it tight across the quickly revealed chitinous body. Am I dealing with the bad guy from Men in Black 1? Its cowl droops down over its face and a dim green glow comes from it. That light now serving to shroud the face in a deeper darkness. It's it's not a no, by the way. Yeah. And it says, sugar. No. Um, (laughs) More. 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 Oh, Reed, that was a good uh, 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 Vincent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you'd Thank be surprised you. uh, how often that comes up in my, my friend's Discord. <laughs> it's it's about once a week at least. That's nice. <laughs> kind of a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> I'm saying that about myself. But Mott will take a step forward, but say quietly as to not be heard by others. Do not forget your power here, Grawl. If needs be, you could destroy them all. Yeah, Mott, they invited us here. Much as I was once invited, only to be trapped and kept by the Yith. A friendly hand can still possess a blade. Do you you need to talk about (laughs) Yes. And Mott will stride forward. Oh, okay. Get him, baby. (laughs) Hmm. 
this is good. He's gonna get his mom's gonna get his feelings out. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be bad. And Look. you all see Grawl now slightly trailing behind this striding, hunched figure, brown, tattered robes swaying ever so slightly, occasionally, the flick of a chitinous limb flashing out of the robe, but other than that, it is mostly just a tall, billowing figure with a humongous, hunched shoulders and a deep, black cowl coming forward off of those shoulders. Oh boy, here they come. Oh, Faint beautiful. green emanation coming out of that dark pit. Sadagar will say quietly as they approach, If you can, watch the creature. If you see it attempt anything, use the name Malkuth. Got it. And they will come forward. Dorn will stand resolutely with Sadagar stepping close to Tirza in a somewhat protective fashion. Maz crossing her arms, seemingly unimpressed. Stormpiercer watching this creature approach, his hand settling gently on the rapier at his belt. I think Sid instinctively does the same, but I think doesn't find a sword there, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm mm. almost completely helpless. <laughs> it's, it's, like my, it's like my only thing. Whew. Hey, your sword walks and talks. My sword walks and talks. Like huh. Twinsies. <laughs> Twinsies, dog. Yeah. Except that one's a, a handsome, dashing dude, and one's a giant bug man. One's Stormpiercer. Wait, hey. what? Oh! Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> God, you thought Maz was being mean. <laughs> Ma- Maz and Cherish are a perfect match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, as as yeah, as they approach, are does it feel like Dorn and Sadagar just like bracing for Mott to just run up and attack? Or yeah, honestly, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Dorn is definitely trying to put on a, an air of nonchalance, but Sadagar is absolutely taking a defensive stance near you. Kidding. There's some spells I can cast without material components. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> It's a dream Just imagine the material component. As they come close, though, Hmm. the creature that has bound itself to Grawl will stop several paces away. Its figure hunching forward slightly, the cloak deepening as to hide the vast majority of its body. 
It will pool slightly as though the creature is crouching in some fashion, and Grawl, as you're within close proximity to this thing, you can hear the creaking of chitinous limbs as they bundle and crouch. You're good for now? Hiss slightly. I'll say that's a yes. Well, looks like we're all here. Shall we get on to the conversation we were planning to have? Um, before, yes, but one second. Everyone? Um, I'm sure you several know each other. Points at Dorn and uh, the wrinkly old man in the purple coat. Cloak, excuse me. Um, and back at Mott, I'm like, yes, know each other. Great, fantastic. Everyone else? This is Mott, my patron. He's not too happy to be here. Sadagar will say, Mott. And Mott will say, My own name is stripped from me. Cast aside so that a yith could not take purchase upon my power. And Sadagar mm-hmm. will say, Clever. Boy. And Mott will hiss and click and say, I learned from very intelligent tutors. Benah! And you see Sadagar kind of grow rigid veins on his neck, suddenly standing out. And Mott will let out a hissing click of laughter. (laughs) The locks are becoming undone. I remember the old names. Sadagar will suddenly, as though released from attention, will breathe out a sigh, putting a hand to his neck. And he will say, And yours are perhaps best forgotten. Listen. Here's what I was going to cut it on this weird hissing match or whatever it is. We're... I understand that this is not... Why don't we begin instead of doing whatever this is? Yeah, I agree. There's a lot at stake. And I'm going to look right into his little bug eyes. And Which set? Watching you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There are two There's large two. green orbs set within the darkness of that cowl. Small little dots of ephemeral green mark smaller ocular receptacles speckled a- 
across its face deeper in that place. The mere suggestion of mandibles somewhere within that darkness click and chitter and stare back at you. And Dorne will say, We have not brought you here to apologize, Mott. We have not brought you here to make amends or mend fences. You are here because we are here. And these three mortals require the aid of the fourth. And Mott will let out a low hiss. This one will not be a pawn in your games. He has the power to resist. It is only upon his will that you will have his help. Grawl, you're going to Great, help so us. so what are we doing? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't, like, I don't have to invoke it, but he does still owe me a life debt. I do keep forgetting to release him from that, so. <laughs> Dude, and and I haven't told, I haven't brought it up yet, but it's I just, just promised someone on. else that I have to keep you safe, too. So there's, like, layers. It's a, it's a multi-layer of protect the kiddos. Yeah. yeah and Grawl, something you would see is that Tirza is her much younger self at this point. Yeah. Kids, Eldritch powers are for adults. Okay. <laughs> Dorn will look away from the creature Mott towards you, Grawl, and say, "If it is not clear, this creature has a connection to us." Yeah, I kind of assumed, given I conversations. Dorn, who was called Daat who was called Duma. I am the spirit of the forge-bound item that the mortal Bononi Right Seeker held in trust. The creature which you have bound yourself to, was once a member of our order known as the Conclave of the Shard Blessed. Also look, called the Jarashir among the plains. Look at Mott. Look back at, at, at like, set of guards. Like, and his brain's like, this is a bug. This is a bug person. It's supposed to be a big snake person. If charge here huh Probably oh can't just okay. ask Dorn, why they're bugs storm is also not a big snake person though that's fine Dorn's different <laughs> Dorn looks like what a g- giant looked like before mm-hmm. they were cursed to be large lumpy hideous creatures he is the immaculate Perfection of semi-divine gianthood. 
but on the outside, he's also a Kotal, which is a snaky flying thing. So this I is still true. got that in my brain. So And he does have serpentine tattoos all over his mm-hmm. face and scalp and arms. And via the power of Dreamlands, I'm like I'm guessing, hey, maybe you could just make yourself look like a Perhaps. beautiful This meaty, is all true and meaty, fair. Beautiful boy. We all know that's not Maz's true form. <laughs> Dorn will turn towards you all and say, We of the Conclave were beings of... Well, not to brag, but immense power. Not what you might call gods by any stretch but immortal nonetheless. We received blessings at different times in our lives. Blessings from beings known as the Shard Mind. Creatures that trace their lineage to a artifact, a piece of reality called the Living Gate. We were blessed by these shard mind to enact certain duties. To learn what we could of the multiverse. To bring that knowledge to those who blessed us. And in doing so, we were given long life and vast power. This creature, this mot, was one of our number once. Mot will hiss. All right. So, what happened? I mean, yeah. either you can tell me, Mott, or they can tell me. Either way, I'm figuring oh. out what's going on, so. I was betrayed. I took the words of the Shard Slayer to heart to free mortal kind from the tyranny of divinity. And they feared me for it. And Sadagar will say, You were shaking the foundations of the universe. And Mott will say, Short-sighted fool, I was freeing you from their chains. The Yith themselves feared me and sought to shackle me in their archive. They wished to understand all things, but I was beyond their comprehension. So rather than a record, they sought the truth. They sought me. Locked away with their hideous flying polyps. 
They knew I would one day lead to their destruction, and yet they still locked me away. And these ones, and he'll indicate towards Sadagar and Dorn, they allowed it to happen. The conclave was broken long before magic went mad. Dorn and Sadagar will stand somewhat silently. Though Sadagar will make a <laughs> sound. Dorn so, will say, we cannot change what has happened. Yeah, I... Like, what was... Yeah, like, no offense, but what does that have to do with what's going on now? And Dorn will say, very little. It is ancient history. Okay. I mean, what was the, the purpose of the Conclave as a whole? I mean, uh, clearly Mott's role in it had had something to do with destruction. Uh, I guess I just don't understand... Uh, Dorn will say, There are three schools of thought among the shard mind. Those who seek to understand, to fulfill the purpose of the living gate as they see it. Those who abandoned that purpose, who sought only to experience existence in its entirety and those who sought to reforge that gate by the destruction of their own kind. These last were called the Shard Slayers. In their destruction, they sought to reforge the living gate with the broken bodies of their people thinking that in the shattering of the living gate, the bounds between this realm and the far realm were weakened. Others, myself included, believed that in fulfilling the living gate's original purpose, those cracks would be sealed the living gate's function would continue through those who were born from it and through the shard blessed in their stead. We were empowered by them to do as they would to fulfill this purpose. Some, and he'll turn towards Mott, to a greater extent than others.
Shadagar will say, Your people, Tirza, the Jarashir as you know them, they have seen pieces of this in your teachings. Wisdom, change, destruction. These three tenets hold true through generations. The serpents, as you call them, were pieces of this as well. Your own Shamaran was one of our number. But... There are four? Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Sadagar will nod slowly and say, That is the other purpose of this discussion, I think. The Archontol. And what she has done. Okay, yeah. This is gonna be good. Get your popcorn ready, kids. Yeah, because that's kind of what I was curious about. Yeah. The Shard Blessing has passed through many hands now. Its power distilled down to mere fragments. Our own power has gifted through your forge-bound items, the augers. This is a piece of it. Wherefore this blessing has gone with our physical bodies destroyed, I know not. But there are many other beings that have received this blessing. Who serve this purpose. Who are reflected in those three truths. Knowledge, change, destruction. There are entities beyond those three purposes, of course. Though, of course, as a scholar of these things, I always believe that all universal truths reflected through these three philosophies it was easy to find within, and Dorn will say, Chan, just to the point then. And Sadagar will nod and shake his head and say, yes, of course, sorry. I feel like he's probably really good, like, to go get a drink with. Just have, just have him tell you stories. We believe, well, Dorn believes, and I am inclined to agree, that whatever is within the outer storm, it is not of these three tenants. It is something older, more primal. Something of the, the far realm, or? And Dorn will shake his head. No, no, nothing so 
dire as that. But before the gods, before mortals, there was chaos, endless and seething. The elements churned together in a great maelstrom. We Yeah, we've been there. Saw something exactly like that. And Sadagar will nod and say, Yes, yes, I was saying to Dorn before you came. I think what you witnessed was the aftermath of that primal maelstrom. After order was brought to the multiverse, the elemental planes were separated, but they converged at different points throughout the Aether. It would create demi-planes, places like the elemental plane of mud and steam, and Dorn will say, Sadagar. And Sadagar will say, yes, yes, of course. Uh, But there was, of course, a convergence point where all the elemental planes met still. It was a dim reflection of that original chaos that filled the multiverse. Okay. But such an elemental force could not be utterly tamed, of course. Merely wielded by what you would deem as divinity. these forces distilled into creation itself. Creatures from that era were... Well, creatures is not even the right word, I do not think. Forces. Pure, elemental, primal. Unchanging, undaunted. In some realms, the gods feared and fought them. In some realms, they worked alongside the gods. But regardless, they were of an equal power. I believe the Outer Storm may be one of these forces. Okay. So... This whole magic going mad thing was so bad that Zenerva decided to try and wield a a primal force of creation. Dorn will nod and say, perhaps, having not questioned the Arkan Toll, I cannot say for certain, but all signs point to that. It would explain a great many things. But why? That I am less certain about. Because here is the hard admission that we must say to you, you four, despite what we know, despite our age and our power, I do not remember what occurred when magic went mad. Nobody does! Say that? I mean... Oh, because I I was about to say, like, oh, no, wait. 
about 100 years Let's ago. Let's play America's favorite game show. What? Oh, did Girl did not tell us that. Okay. Specifically, not that. Okay. Ray doesn't even remember. It's gone. That 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 there's no knowledge in, in that space in the archive. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's not important. Is it possible? Except that... it's immediately. I mean, I... we know about the yes. Sorry. Is it, yeah. is it possible that the yes may have stolen that information? Can we just can we not just find it in the archive? And this is how it gets brought up. Thank you, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, what a God forbid you should say something without someone <laughs> directly asking. I mean, I don't know. We could have gotten there eventually. I don't know. This is Grawl's character arc. It's becoming forthcoming about stuff. Anyway. So the absence of finding like information is like not immediately like relevant to Grawl and like normal conversation. So in this point, like, oh, light bulb. Yes. Uh, actually, there's nothing there. I've already looked. Sadagar's brow will crease. Dorne will say, This is an issue. Yeah, I mean... I mean, does nobody remember? I fucking asked... I don't mean... know. There are many ancient beings that have persisted through this time. There must be someone with memory. Probably have to sell my fucking soul to get it. I mean... John Club, dude. Darren spoke about what was on the, the other side. The before, but... I don't think anyone we've encountered has. Surely it would be common knowledge if someone knew. Or at least maybe not common knowledge, but known somewhere. Well, I, I think the problem is there were people who escaped that were just escaping some sort of calamity but didn't know much other than the fact that there was a some sort of cataclysm coming, and that was it. Yeah. What actually happened and the inner workings of it, those are, that's information for greater minds. Because even Darren Dunn, I, I mean, between the centuries of heavy drinking and trauma, um, and more drinking, either he doesn't remember or my mother just didn't my mo my mother just didn't tell him or tell him what she was doing with Zenerva. Hmm. It's entirely possible. Dorn will turn towards you, Cherish, and say, And who was your mother? Oh, here we go. <laughs> um the dragon Val Marades. Sadagar will say, Ah, Valmaradres, the Queen of the Vale. Queen? Damn. No, I don't say that. <laughs> That's probably why your dad was like, Oh, uh huh, Queen of the Vale. Oh, Dragon Queen. Queen of Silvery Moon, friend of the elves. 
her. I've never met her. Ah, well, I've only heard stories, but she is said to have been a great champion for good upon a, a plane called Toral. That's, yeah, I, that's where Zenerva said Darren Dunn was from. Well, and Darren Dunn also said that's where he was from. Hmm. So that tracks, I guess. I think she called him Desil Darren Dunn. Ah, her silvery dragon mate then. <laughs> there are stories of him as well. Yeah. Now he's just my oh, drunk stepdad. Now he's just my drunk, my, my sobering, on the path to sobriety, stepdad. I remember. I was there. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sorry. I for I hard to remember. Um, But Dorn will so, ask, and what did your mother have to do with coming to the valley? She kept some sort of portal open. I, that's as much as Darren hmm. knew. I don't know what happened to her after that. Except... She is in hell now, which is where I come in. Sadagar um, has said that you have some manner of infernal lineage. This is some manner enough. for sure. About fifty percent, really. About fifty percent, actually. Yep, that's that about that's head. about how the math shakes out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Um, question, how, I, this may seem off topic, but does, would Grawl, would anyone here know about modify memory? The spell? Yeah. You... I mean, Cherish, I believe, made an arcana no, roll about this uh, <laughs> a while ago. It, it, it is uh, a thing that exists. Um, mm -hmm. Those of you with any skill in arcana would be aware that it, it is, like, messing with people's minds is a thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, Although, I'm... but I think, so, and this is uh, knowledge I have out of character for other reasons, but I think the longest you can make it last is eight hours. Right. So we witnessed a thing called a grand banishment who that banished something insane. That's I'm just spitballing. What true. if someone did it on a much bigger scale and got rid of memories until all those people were gone? There'd be nothing left to write down, would there? I'm just saying. That's just an idea. Sadikar will say, a diagram modify memory grand ritual. In theory, it could work, but you would need some sort of tether, something... The range on such a spell is never that large. I you mean, would need something to connect 
to anyone who you wish to affect, and if it was that many people, it would be impossibly powerful. Could it be through the the threads? threads. (laughs) I mean, she... And Doral will say, what threads? The the threads that everyone has, it's a... It's a thing about the the astral plane, which oh, right uh, now is sort silver of the... cords, astral silver mm. cords. Yes, those. I see. Uh, we don't yes. have them, but everyone else does. I have one. Oh, girl has one. Oh, yeah, but so only it's with... on loan. It's on loan. Yeah, holding mm. for me. Mott will say, "I have made sure that other powers cannot touch you." things, but what do all of you know of the skein witch? And Dorn and Sadagar will look at you slightly confused, and Mott will start to chuckle. That's concerning. <laughs> do you have something to share? Oh, wise patron. Sadagar will say, I only know as much as Tirza. I was there for the trials, after all. Mm. Mott will say, She is a weapon, an instrument, a creature of Makanus and Bator. Oh, oh shit. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's up with that? Uh, you got information on that too. And I'm gonna be real mad if you've been holding out like a boat information for the last. It's really frustrating months. when people do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Both are planes of law and order. It is only natural that they find alliance in these chaotic times. Okay. She sensed your aberrant nature. Oh, that does make sense. Yeah. She did not realize what I was doing within the weave, though. (laughs) And it was my champion that unmade her. Well, I mean... I just have a group deck of cards. Um, right. So how how does it? So she really was trying to kill us the whole time. That's a bummer. Perhaps I kind of want. I kind of wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. Oh, at the end for sure, because Kimmy fucked up. Before, perhaps not. I knew it. She was an autonomous spirit, seeking solutions to a problem she did not understand. Oof. Boy, howdy. And we joined that club super fast, didn't we? (laughs) She she needs to work on her problem-solving skills. You represented the unknown, the outside, 
ones with the ability to gain a purchase and perspective that she, and by extension all mortals, could not. So why don't we have threads? Why don't we have astral cords? And Mott is silent. Sadagar will shake his head. And Dorn will say, It is a rarity. But it can happen. Those unbound by destiny. Those who the manipulations of fate cannot touch. Those who shape the universe by their mere actions. Not a part of the weave, but without it. They guide the course of the entire tapestry. No pressure. <laughs> Some go their entire lives without realizing they exist outside of the weave. But it is through their actions that fate responds. You are free to choose, and that is a rarity. Despite his methods, and he'll look towards Mott, there is something to be said for divine beings guiding the course of mortals. There are powers greater than mortal kind which guide the course of things in the multiverse. Entities that represent emanations, laws, practices, essences, chaos, order, good, evil. Those who find themselves outside of these bounds, they have the power of choice. Choice where others might not have one, due to the nature of the powers which has guided their lives. I merely posit a theory. This cannot be proven, necessarily. Your lack of silver cord, your ability to traverse the plains, the forge-bound items which you hold, perhaps these are proof enough. Speaking of the plains, um, not to... re-redirect the conversation, but do do any of you know where we are? Uh, not here, right now, obviously, but um... The valley? Yeah. yeah. We've we encountered some some people who didn't seem to think 
we were on the material or the the material plane even existed still or whatever toro was was the material plane it's gone now dorn will say there are many material planes. planes i don't read i don't know those I do know that. I've said it a couple times. Um, I don't listen. Sadagar will say, I have given this some thought. I heard the words of those creatures within the city of brass and the city of glass. (laughs) I think perhaps that whatever it is that the old mage has done has hidden the material plane or what remains of it from vast reaches of the multiverse. To what end, I do not know. Those creatures that survive out beyond, perhaps they do not believe the material plane exists because they have not seen it in centuries. Um... Oh, and I don't remember. Did I did I mention the the name Ancorus to any to to um Oh my god, what did we name our new friend Buck? Um Yeah, and they didn't have any idea what that was. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll 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 bring that up too. And and what is Ancorus? Is that just another material plane? Sadagar will shrug and say, Perhaps this is the word that the Archontol used for this place. The world claimed by that ancient red dragon that you encountered. Ugh, yeah. And Dorn will say, Even with our long lives and powers, we have not seen everything. There are many worlds that I have not seen, that Sadagar has, that Sadagar has not seen that I have. <sighs> Perhaps Ancorus was yet another material plane. What we do know is that the mortals who exist within your valley are survivors from a great many number of those worlds. Mm-hmm. And Sadagar will say, despite our misgivings about her, I think perhaps that The old mage, she has saved these people in her own way. Though from what, I do not know. Wait a minute. So, she was Arkentol... Like, when you guys were around? And Dorn will 
slowly nod. We believe so. Her name and appearance may have changed, but the deeds of an Archontol are clear enough. One who seeks to Some would put it more grandiosely than I. Some would say she attempts to achieve the power of a god. That she weak, seeks to make that which cannot be made by mortal hands. She seeks to grasp that which should not be grasped. The deeds she has done are invariably great. There is no denying that. But if she has somehow bound this primal force to encircle your valley, she does something that even gods have struggled to do. I mean, if she figured that out 500 years ago, be a good thing to get removed, wouldn't it? Yes. She was known as Arkantol in our time. Or that name was known. Sadagar is still uncertain if this is the same person or not. But... There was one who was called Arkantol, who attempted to create a material plane, who theorized at least that it could be possible. This has been attempted in the past by some, but it has invariably led to disaster. And Sadagar will say, Some even theorize that the nine layers of hell are each a failed world, created and fallen into itself towards damnation. That Asmodeus may have been the first to attempt this. That's metal. Pretty cool. Merely stories, yeah, though. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's super not. Like, I don't, don't know why I said that. But oh, but if she achieved it, then that. Well, but we know that Pyre Scale was here before any of us, even her. How long ago did she make the plane? Uh, She's lived 500 years. How, who knows how old she is? If we're going to make a material plane, why not inhabit it with all of the things that should be there? Fucking Terrask? Dude? And Hamat will say, You start with the most ancient creatures. 
explain why those were here. On many worlds, dragons were the first. And Sadakar will say, And many have theorized that Tarasks merely emerge from any material plane. It is said that each plane with a material core contains one, at least Tarask. Oh, joy. God, you better not be another fucking one. Uh, yeah, so, like, if we fed one to the giant snake, does that mean it's just going to pop up another one to achieve balance? I don't know. And Sadagar will say, uh, Terras can never truly die. When their bodies are destroyed, they reform eventually within the core of the planes. Wow, that's okay. so incredibly comforting. That sounds like... Future. The process not takes even centuries. Us I, yeah, well, exactly. I hope not even us. We're all going to be dead there. by yeah. then, hopefully. Says <laughs> uh, the like one of us who doesn't truly die. Whatever, it's fine. I won't be there for it, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, I ain't coming. So if I go, if this... I go to hell permanently, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> this. Yeah, you'll be a. Princess and health and still, sweet castle and everything. This still begs the question of why it was formed in the first why the, the valley, even if this isn't some you know law nature reality breaking created material plane. It still begs the question of why she created the valley. And why it's not going well anymore, and what we can do about that. I mean, it's she's been at it, it's not sustainable. Yeah, my focus was mostly on the, the last, the last yeah. part. Like, right. what's perhaps this is this plane is merely a, a vessel to protect many forms of life from the chaos that is out there. I mean, that's, that seems like why. As far as why it's starting to fail, I think that... Was I here for the extinction of the 13 species? Thing? No. Was I here for that? Okay. Uh, I mean, even the old mage eventually gets tired, loses power. And Mott will say, all things fail. Okay, and this magic going mad thing only happened on the material plane. Right? Because, I mean, we've been to a couple of other places, and, you know, minus the abyss, because that's always in chaos, because that is sort of the nature of it. I mean, everywhere else seems to be functioning completely normal as far as the knowledge that we would have about such places. 
Except, Except the for the astro- and ethereal. And ethereal yeah. plant. Sandwich. Which seemed to be sandwiched, yeah. Yeah. Now what a sandwich. What? Sadagar will say, I have some theories about this as well. Hit it. In our travels, there have been those who have said that the Feywild is no longer in existence. It is the reason Fair Aemsir remains here. It is the reason the Archfey dwell in the Eastwood. Good thing they didn't end up going back. And the mayor of Blue Gulch. This ancient vampire. He does not hide his true identity very well. The last name was very much a fairly good giveaway. And now that I have recovered my memories, there are many stories about this creature. And I am, in fact, terrified that you were raised and lived there, Cherish. Oh, for real? I mean, he's holding the economy hostage. I mean, that's bad enough. Yes. (laughs) That's certainly not great. I'm sure that's the worst of his crimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, political corruption sounds pretty bad to me. He he was once known as a creature called the Devil Strahd. So was he an actual devil or or Yeah, like... Because we've run into those. No, he was not a fiend, and yet he earned that title, and that should tell you something. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that is all right. So you're uh, saying he was badass, but, like, not in a good way. He was bad and also an ass. Yes, thank you, Tirza. Yeah. But he gives me your gift on his own birthday. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I don't say that. As a, as a blatant political ploy, Cherish. It come is, on. I know, no, it's still part of the political corruption. I'm, I'm kidding. He's, he's caught between loving him and fearing him. But he this wants creature, the, my point is this creature was once trapped in a place called the Shadowfell. Which also no longer exists. That word doesn't mean anything to any of you. Okay. No. Can I guess? It is a plane that I believe no longer exists. All right. At least not in the form that it was known. I feel Um. as though the inner planes were thrown into turmoil while the outer planes... I'm not sure. I would require more research, more travel. Uh, We have seen but brief glimpses of these places. Not their whole and not in the least of which how they still manage to function. That's true. The goblins of Acheron were using firearms. Was that what those were? Yes, they are known on some worlds. What? Can you? Can I what? Can you turn into one of those things? Sorry, I'm having a moment right now. Inelegant weapons. From a less civilized time or a more civilized time? Less civilized. (laughs) Got it. Understood. (laughs) Thanks for (laughs) that. And you'll hear him kind of grumbling beneath the hood. Too many moving pieces. (laughs) 
That's true. We... And the last time I was in the city of Brass, it did not look like that. Is it better or worse? Things just different. Very, very different. More crowded. More populated. More... I don't know. Time does move ever on. I did not even recognize the creatures that dwelt there. And this, Mm. well, I suppose we should find somebody who would know more about Fae stuff to talk to about, but these courts of, these elemental courts seem odd too. This too makes no sense. In our time, there were the Seelie and the Unseelie, summer and winter. These were the courts of the Fae. All right, but they seem to be talking about different, was it elemental? Elements, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they've formed new ones? Immortal creatures have formed new alliance systems? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you make a good point. Perhaps the calamity affected more things than we realize. I mean, the Feywilds are gone. Or... Could it be that they were absorbed somehow, smushed like like the astral, the astral and ethereal? That could be. Stormbeams will say there's smushing. a lot of smushing going on. Yeah, that's there what I was saying. That's it's sort is of that concerning. Sadagar mm. <laughs> uh, will say planar overlay. Hmm. I like smush. And Stormbreeze will say, I like smushing too. More evocative. Yeah. yeah. Let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show to tell us what the actual technical term is. Dog, oh, yeah, because I'm want... sure he knows about fucking extra planar overlay. But he <laughs> probably does, though. <laughs> and I want him to hear I want to hear him say smush. I mean, um, is there like a map of like the all of the planes? Guess what doesn't need material components? It's prestidigitation. Time for a PowerPoint. <laughs> My, it's not complete, but so you bring up your map of the planes as you understand it. Yes. Which I have added a couple since the... Because, like, when Tirza was pulling us out of the abyss, we, like, saw more of them. Mm -hmm. So. So you show off this basic map, which is a a great wheel layout of the planes as you know them. You see the material plane at the center. To either side, twin reflections... Feywild, Shadowfell, just beyond those, the four elemental planes. Just beyond those, another spoked wheel of outer planes. Among them, the Hells, the Abyss, the Beastlands, Acheron, any number of other 
smaller planes. Mechanists may be among their number now. Uh, all layered with a uh, astral bubble, I guess. And fades over, out on the edges. Overlaid atop the all of that is a somewhat grayer sheen of the ethereal. And Sadagar will nod, impressed. And the giant Dorn will say. This is a fairly standard model of your local multiverse, yes. And he will raise a hand, and you will see your illusion grow suddenly more dense and complicated as he layers his own spellwork atop of it, filling in some of the holes of outer planes you didn't even know existed. Yeesgard and uh, Bitopia and... uh, Oh, I would have had Bitopia in there. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> Stranger yeah. places, Arborea, and uh, the yeah, Mechanus is definitely on there now. Um, even odder places, little bits here and there within the Shadow Fell. There's like an etching that says the domains of dread, and within the the Fey Wild, there's bits that say like the Shadow Dark, uh, the Fey Dark. There are Florida. Florida. The Red realm of Florida. The darkness. Uh, who, who let Sid draw a penis on this power plane? Yeah. Yeah. Within the hey, plane I, of fire. I draw butts. Yeah. You see uh, a dot marking the city of brass within the plane of winds. You see uh, the Zephyr Labyrinth. And then... So now it looks, it looks more like the fucking projection in Treasure Planet. <laughs> But then mm-hmm. it starts to kaleidoscope and fractal. And you see versions of that start to branch off from the different spheres so that certain points are overlapping, like the nine hells will overlap with different layered versions of the multiverse. Certain other chunks will overlap with other layered maps. You will see other myriad dots of material planes, all of them revolving around each other, all of them churning wheels within wheels, spreading out ad infinitum into a Mandelbrot set of a multiverse into an omniverse. There are bits and pieces here and there floating distinct, almost within these realms, but without some place you see labeled as Eberron, another place, Athis, another place, uh, all suspended within this great phlogiston of some astral sea. And it starts spreading and spreading and spreading until it is around and surrounding you all and spreading out in every direction as far as you can see. Your vision completely consumed by this ever-spreading map of infinity. Use your keen mind and soak it in. From (laughs) somewhere near the center, Dorne will say, and this is just what we know about. Oh, it's beautiful. So what's on the outside of all of this? Beyond the infinite, you speak of the far realm. Okay. 
and Mott will click and hiss in anger. The Dark Tapestry. Alien minds, dreadful beyond conceiving. The Yith worship this place. Anti-life, anti-creation. They seek to understand all things so that that knowledge might be fed to that abominable place so that it might understand us, become us, destroy us. Hmm. And Dorne will say, that is one theory. <laughs> what, what's the other theory? The have forever there. been cagey about their methodologies and their reasons. They only seek knowledge and understanding. That is what we know. I mean, that guy lives there. <laughs> really? And he I mean, is bent to have rest. the most negative opinion of his jailers. I mean, do you blame him, though? Yes. I mean, they shot lightning at me, so I'm not, like, the biggest fans. So. And Mott will say, The things that attacked you were most likely those who had been sent to that place instead of the Yith, scared yeah. and terrified. Fair enough. Their oh, bodies boy. taken by those time-shifting aberrations. Well, we could always interrogate Finebrook. That would go over well. Worked last time. Right, but I think we're like a little bit doing a little bit better. Now we've got a few more like weapons at our disposal. Or we could just chop off his head. I mean I that that's my idea too. Right, right. We would enjoy doing this. I bet. You know what? I think I might too. I might too. Yeah, I probably would. I think this might be an excellent se uh, segue from this, uh, I guess, lesson on on interplanar uh, goings on. I suppose to Dorn will dismiss the map so that you can all see each to, other again. Right. I think. I think we need to start speaking about what we need to be doing right now we have been closing rifts we have been in conflict with this mysterious cult that we still know very little about we don't even know what will happen once we close this last rift up at stormhaven sadagar will say the rifts are a symptom yeah i was gonna say speaking of cutting off heads Right. 
Dorn will say, That is one of the primary reasons I wanted to have this discussion. What can be done? We are not sure. The person who has the answers to this is the old mage. The truth of what is happening in this valley rests with her. If the old mage was going to divulge this information, I mean, she hasn't. What makes you think that she's going to now? I do not think she will. I think that this is information that needs to be found independently of simply asking her. How this is done, I am not sure. Well, in Ferium Seer, there is a statue. Uh, oh, Grawl, you you were raising your hands. Oh, I was doing a karate chop style pose, getting ready for the upcoming uh, Threadless Heist movie, where we raid the library of the old mage. Yes. Uh, Grawl is going to fold himself, uh, or like like uh, like a taco to fit into uh, a, a trash bin as you guys wheel me in through the janitor closet. There in Ferrium's here, there was a statue uh, titled Arkantol. Uh, um, basically, they had statues um, representing each of the the major houses in Ferrium's here. One of them being the Arkantol. Clearly, she has some sort of history with Ferrium's here. Perhaps that is where we start. Sadagar will say, "It is a good as place as any." I will say Arkantol is an ancient elvish word. Their association with it may simply be cultural. Could be. Hey, um, uh, we're just gonna, like, teleport right to Fair Amesir, right? If we do that, we're not gonna go through the Eastwood. I mean, no. I mean, I... I can only sort of remember what the circle looked like that we came in on. Crap. Wink, wink. There is also, I mean, there is still another rift. Uh, There is still chaos in Stormhaven. And Dorne will nod and say, This cult is also a mystery to us. We do not know its origin. I mean, we know... We know about an individual within the cult, Atticus Carter. I mean, it's also very possible that this... I mean, it could be extremely old, or it could have just popped up within the last 10 years or whatever. I mean, 
We know that Jeremiah Payne helps them attach a name to it for, I was going to say for better or worse, but there's no better. It's, it's only worse. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I have my own theories about who's actually supplying the power. And Maz will say, care to share any of those theories? Well, yeah, I thought it was my, like, I, the pieces I've put together is maybe it's my father. Not a bad theory. I'm not. Dorn will ask, and who is your father? Oh, this is good. This is the other 50%. Yeah, this is Yeah, the... wait for it. Um, oh, yeah, just the Lord, the Archduke of Cania. It's no big deal. That is somewhat of a big deal. Mm. No, that's sarcasm. <laughs> yes. I learned it from Grawl. No, you didn't. Oh. Oh, Grawl's been sarcastic this whole time. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Stormpierce will say, I can't tell who's being sarcastic anymore. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No! I don't think Stormpiercer has that capability. I really don't. He really doesn't. Straight to the point. Um, what is he? <laughs> Sharp wit. He, it's, I, God damn it, Grawl, I was about to say that! <laughs> also, what? I just called you Grawl and not Reed. <laughs> They're the same person, dog. Same person. <laughs> if you move the letters around, they both spell idiot. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> That's, again, just a theory. I can't confirm that. Shadow well, yeah, say. we know that they have, that they wield Hellfire, right? Yes. I've seen it enough now. Seems likely. Yeah, so... The capital H kind. Yeah. And Dorn will frown, but then say, But Hellfire may come from any source. A cult which is in league with any of the Infernal Host may channel Hellfire. I mean, we also have to deal with the fact that we saw a three-headed snake-like creature... And in one time, they called themselves the Cult of Tahaka. And that, when they tried to summon the gods in triplicate, there was that speck of a portal that was had the same infernal energy as I did, I guess, that Tirza saw, felt. Um. And question, I don't, I, I don't know, this, this is out of character, but like, does that infernal energy read exactly the same as Cherish or does like all hell enter, like, like, is it a blanket statement or is it like, oh, this is specifically from like Kenya. It's got that freezer burnt smell to it kind of thing. Or I think there was a smell if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Cause I don't remember. I could be mistaken. Olivia, do you remember? 
Yeah, see, that's the thing, is that I did think so, but now I'm unsure if I'm misremembering. Because I also did the same thing with Valor, and then that was wrong. The sense that you got was that, yes, the, the piece of infernal power that was emanating from the small, tiny rift where Ozzy Dahaka should have been was in some way familiar and similar to the energy you sense around Cherish. not unreasonable yeah that seems to be the most likely source it's where all signs point to and Dorn will for the first time look over at Maz and say this is no coincidence I take it O queen Queens. And Maz will say, Of course it isn't. Of all the pieces on the table, why would I attach myself to this one if she did not serve as the access to this? Dorn will look back at you, Cherish, sort of expectantly. Potential. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ten minutes ago, we were talking Cherish up. Now I'm just an axis. No. Um, I I have had Scant little communication with my father, by which I mean he sent some a tortured soul to carve a message into their arm that he loves me, and then they killed themselves. And also my sister tried to kill me and banish me to hell. A parent sister. Possible sister? I don't know. I don't know what his motivation is here. Yet another complexity atop all of the others. I would, and pardon me if this is rude, I I would be curious about how your parents, um... Yeah, dog, how, how did that... me too. Ah, okay, very and well. And also, I don't want to know. Because <laughs> it just breaks... Do this. It breaks bad no matter what. <laughs> Magic. Oh, I didn't mean the physically. Yeah, I don't like. Dragons Again. are shapeshifters. They can stop. be. Stop. Whoever. Magic. Just stop. No, no, you got me thinking about it. <laughs> this is. I. Can I roll a stealth check to just like <laughs> leave? <laughs> yeah, just in like, the bushes. Yeah, yeah. It's like in this field of grass. 
Yeah, <laughs> I want to sink into the grass. I'll do it. <laughs> shift out of this uncomfortable conversation. Weirdly enough, Mod is not okay with this conversation either. It's like speaking of stealth checks, he's still around, right? I find all physical contact grotty in the extreme. <laughs> high five. <laughs> Which hand gives Sid the high five? No hand. None just of them. <laughs> Leaves him hanging. He just said he doesn't want any physical contact, you guys. Nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But he also kind of does. It's been a while. Uh, I know. Um, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. My life sucks. Um, <laughs> gonna hang out with us. Dorn will look bad. towards Maz and say, Would it be presumptuous of me to ask? If you are aware of the motivations of those involved with this cult. And Maz will say. Unfortunately, no. I was about to say, like, damn. <laughs> I know this one is being made into a tool. They would see her wielded like a weapon. This is no fate due to one of her blood. And Dorn will nod and say, Very well, thank you. Giving her all deference and respect, bowing slightly towards her. Hmm. Queen thing later. <laughs> uh huh. Sadagar mm-hmm. will say, Perhaps the rifts should be your primary concern for now. Until we can better understand a method of gaining some foothold of knowledge. There is. The issue in Amberfell as well. Not to bring up another complexity to this ever-growing. Yes. Ozzy Dehaka's disappearance is concerning. But if... The energy that tears are sensed is as we believe it to be connected to... Cherish's progenitor honestly father's better it's it's cold and it's it's cold and calculated enough Your without true being weird like progenitor seen i believe child but that is a discussion for another time leastways the leader of this cult is involved with him somehow Perhaps cutting the head of the serpent off will solve both issues. Well, now I'm interested. (laughs) What have we been talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
Stormtroopers finding someone to stab. God. I mean, honestly, yeah. There's three people in this group of four who are only good at stabbing things. Sadagar will look towards you, Tirza, with a somewhat sad look on his face and say, Perhaps Ozzy Dehaka was right. I mean... We know he was. We should have struck him down and... dealt with the consequences then. But we didn't. And... Now we must move swiftly. Lest you act too swiftly. We need what he knows. I am not saying that means you must keep him alive. I am simply saying that if there is some store of knowledge that he possesses, we must have it. Mayhaps that means a journal or some lackey with insight. No, I, I, I can get it out of him. And Mott will start to chuckle. I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> there is no knowledge beyond our grasp. But there is, though. That was like a 20-minute conversation we just had. There's knowledge you do not possess. That does not mean you cannot succeed at finding it. This valley needs Google. <laughs> You're Google! <laughs> I'm the... Nah, dog, I'm asking You're Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dorn will nod crossing his arms with a pensive look on his face perhaps that is the best course of action go straight for the source Atticus Carter whatever they may have done in this city Amberfell it may or may not be of importance, but we know that Atticus Carter, this mortal man, this puppet of devil kind and betrayer of a shard blessed's name, he holds some answers here. He's too knowledgeable in the ways of these things not to know what he has done. Bending the very forces of hell upon the material plane to his own will. This is suspect. (laughs) In another time, in another place, the inevitables would have his head. I mean, those are still around. Yeah, we... 
but they rarely act upon the material plane. Yeah, uh, only when you do some real, real shit. What if we send but, him to a place where but, they can... Yeah. Hmm. Sadagar will say, but they did not act upon the material plane. They no. brought you oh, to the hybrid. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They had but, to... Oh, we could that just get him there. Legal. It's entrapment. It was entrapment. <laughs> I believe it is anyway, your lack of threads which made this possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. And. Oh, what the fuck? What if he doesn't have one? Uh, uh. I see the mouth. I see it trying to do a smile. Uh, <laughs> anytime anyone throws out a like slightly outlandish, just like, like uh, theory, and you're just like, quick. Look at my screen. <laughs> Nothing. Inside check. Inside check. <laughs> On Mike? Uh, Mike's very uh-huh. good at that. But see, the thing is, we may have caught him slipping just now if it was a slip, or it's all a ruse and he was planning on that. Yeah, see, or, that's the problem. Or, or is, this is Mike's the guy... also very good at talking his way out of things, too. So he'll yeah. make it seem like we're all crazy now. That's the problem, is that this is the guy who always says, I'm the spy in Resistance, and just (laughs) fucking fucking people. No one believes him, and then no one believes me when I say he's the spy, and there's the so you guys want to play uh, Among Us this weekend? I think I'll be pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. I have it. Yes, I have it. actually. <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun playing it. I'm just way too bad at lying. <laughs> so bad at those games. It game makes me sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, oh, I was going to... Well, never mind. Dorn again will say... There may be some clue to what he has done in Amberfell, but we know where he is now. That may change in hours, days. And the more time we give him, (laughs) the more damage he can do to the valley. We, as you say, don't fully understand his plans. Perhaps whatever he's attempting to do is coming to fruition as we speak. There's a nod from the giant. Sadagar will still kind of looking forlornly at Tirzo. Maz has got a slight sneer on her face. A look of contempt that mostly just says it's about time. Dog, we're only level 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, Maz. Smarter than everyone. And Stormpiercer will say If there is a villain to slay, then we are the ones to do it. If there is a world to save, it shall be us who does it. And if there is adventure to be had, we are the ones to have it. Is 
it's true. And this time we go in. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, this time we go to it with four more threadless. Uh, it's our odds are better than they've been. It's true. Right. We can take more people than just the threadless too. We have uh, troops down uh, heading down from Faramir. They didn't get a chance to fight down here, but maybe they can make a difference up in uh, Stormhaven. Yeah. True. The, I was mostly referencing the beginning of this, which is that the eight of us, or seven of us plus Grawl, are weirdly locked out of fate or whatever. Seven of us. Plus Grawl. Yeah, all of us. And Mott will say, So long as Grawl walks with me, he too is threadless. Do not make that mistake, child. Ooh. Coming up to bat for me, thank you. I... Look, oh. I of course know, like... Grawl is one of us. I'm merely making the distinction. Uh, Oh, see, when you said Threadless plus Grawl, I just assumed that I was, like, the cherry on top, that I was just, like, you know, that's, the best that's, part of it. Yeah, that's sort of how I meant him. Right, yeah, so, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Either way, good. I like both of this. Mott, thank you. Tirza, thank you. Well, the, the, sauce on, the sauce on the chicken wings, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I think we have discussed what we plan to do enough. Why don't we do it? Dorn will nod and say, I will not control what Benoni does. That is not my way. He may seek to aid you. He may seek to stay with the Jarashir. Their course may not be your own. Life is about choices, right? Leave for us, it would seem. <laughs> the way this realm, the Dreamlands, works, it is much harder to find those who are not within close physical proximity in the waking world. Contacting me here will be possible, but difficult if you are distant. I mean, hopefully we can find a way back. Look at Mott. And Mott will say, Grawl will be able to find you wherever you hide. Oh my god. And... Dorn will just shake his head, staring with a combination of pity and disgust at the creature Mott. And Sadagar will say, And we have other methods of contacting those we need talk to. True. Hmm? And Storm Pearson will say, This was fun, all of us here together. 
<laughs> like As a... will sigh aggressively. And Doran will say, and this sort of meeting will not happen every time you sleep, rest assured. It was by my guidance that you found yourselves here, as you are. But I can at least grant you this blessing. If you choose, I can take your dreams for a time, that you may sleep in darkness and comfort. I'm good, thank you. It is within my power to do this. Um, for how long? As long as you wish. Yeah, I died yesterday. I think that would be good. Good for me. And Sadagar will nod and say, Many of the Conclave took up Dorn on this charge. Many lifetimes of seeing much of the multiverse. It is good to have a refuge in sleep. Thank you. You can, you can take mine as well. Very well. And he'll look towards you, Tirza. I, um, I suppose that would be I suppose that would be for the best hmm. very well if you wish to regain that which has been lost you need merely ask these are freely given and so I take them now. I will carry these burdens for you as long as you need. But you will find peace in dreamless sleep. You will not walk the paths of the dreamlands. And you will find rest and warmth and darkness when you close your eyes. Emptiness. That is what I offer. Peace. At least while you sleep. Oh. And he will approach you one at a time and make a small sign in front of your brow, then down to a point just below your chin, and then just at the center of the sternum, and then back up to the top of the crown of the head. And then pocket sand. <laughs> Go to sleep. Sir Sandman, man me a sand. He will do this for Cherish and for Tirza. And he will start to do so with Sid and then stop halfway through. Pause and tilt his head. 
and then his eyes will grow wide, and his arm will shoot forward, and he will grab something just behind your shoulder, and he will pull and pull, and suddenly there's a snap, and he comes free with this creature pulled from nowhere. It looks like a squirming eye wreathed in shadowy tendrils. What the fuck is that? Fine. What the fuck? And he will say, someone was watching. Someone was within your dream, child. I don't... And he will crush whatever the creature is. I... Someone had infected your dream. Someone was watching you as you slept. They were... Someone they knows were everything that we have discussed here today. Ah, son of a bitch. Yeah, god, god damn. I didn't feel anything. This magic is... Old and ancient. Done with delicacy, it can go unnoticed for a great many years. Perhaps yeah. even a lifetime. Could it make you bleed out of your nose? And with a chittering snap, Mott will say, We have seen one capable of this before. Did, did Feinberg you. ever touch you? Like a hand on the shoulder? I played cards with him the first time I met him. Back before we knew anything about him. Stormpiercer will say, Did he touch you? Show us on the you where he touched you. <laughs> uh, both Sid and definitely I, I do not remember. So long ago, who even knows? It was. All right, yeah. I'm but... so glad I pegged this dude for an asshole, like, right off the bat. No, 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 fuck this guy. But what... Even if it's not him. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, is that when I... When I... Turned the unclean, that would have hypothetically caught Sid in that as well. Not if he was within the waking world. This is a creature of dream. Right. Whatever this parasite was, someone knows what we spoke of this day. Well, we certainly have our <clears throat> theories. Feinbrook. And Mott will let out a low, susurrus clicking sound that slowly turns into a growl. We already possessed reason enough. To kill this one. Now we simply have incentive to do it sooner 
rather than later. Now you're speaking my language. Finebrook has caused enough pain in this valley already. How are we supposed to find him, though? We were lucky to do it once. And what if he... We said Atticus Carter's name out loud. What if he... goes and finds him and tells him what we're planning to do? Well, then they'll both be in the same place. think that however this was going to end with Carter, it was going to be some sort of stealthy maneuver. We're not very good at that. We would have at least had the upper hand. We can at least... Strip him of whatever power he has. Dorn will say, Haste is the word of the hour. Gather what allies and resources you must, but make haste. Sadagar will nod. Stormpiercer will nod. Maz will simply stare. And Mott. A hand extending out from beneath the cloak. Those chitinous long fingers. The two thumbs to either side of the wrist. The two long claws in the middle. Reaching out. Will point accusingly towards Dorn. And towards Sadagar. And he'll say, When I am free, you will be the last. And Mom will turn. Don't threaten the hosts. Thank you. Yeah, very scary. Hello. I've had enough of his shit. Bro, that's your magic sugar daddy you're talking to. Stop. Fuck. (laughs) And Mott will stalk away, disappearing as quickly as he came. He's being a cranky little boy right now, okay? That's the way he's being, okay? Holding a grudge doesn't help anybody. Unless it's fine, Brooke. Then fuck that dude forever. Sadagar will say, We have done what we can to compress time here. You will awake rested. It will be just before noon on the 28th of so. With luck, we may yet put a stop to all of this. 
with luck and skill and the bonds you have forged together. Dorne will nod. We will grant you whatever aid we may. He'll turn towards you, Tirza, and say, I will instruct Benoni of many of these things. He, in turn, will learn the rights of the Conclave. Those are the rights he seeks and he will pass them to your people. Good. It may help them weather the storm. And he'll turn towards you, Cherish, and say, If it is as you say, if it is unsustainable, then the thing that the old mage holds in check will be free. Perhaps soon, perhaps late, but it will happen. And it, when it does, be strong and be brave. Stay close to Tirza. Tirza will nod. Slightly. He'll turn towards Grawl. You walk a dangerous path. The company you keep is dangerous in the extreme. Yeah. But you do so bravely. I don't know. Might be a little bit foolhardy, honestly. Same thing. It's um, only foolhardy if you die. Alright, I am so brave then. Not dead yet. Wow. I appreciate it, thank you. He'll turn towards Maz and bow low. He'll turn towards Stormpiercer and Sid. You are bonded with a spirit who speaks the dream tongue. I do not know what this means. But you are stronger together. This much is clear. I nod and I sort of slap Stormpiercer on the back. Ooh, ah, <laughs> yes, together we are mighty. And Dorn will kind of cork his head to the side, but nod and say, You threadless, go forth with the blessing of Da'at. Know that in the stillness of your minds there is emptiness, and that emanation will keep you safe. 
and he will finish his final gesture at the crown of your head, Sid. You don't feel any different. But he will turn and say, Bononi is awaking. Farewell, my friends. May the shard mind watch over thee, and may the living gate seal your path. And as he begins to walk away, the field around you begins to disperse, coming away in flakes at first, and then in greater and greater speed, revealing nothingness, white, around you. Complete, empty void. Fairly soon, Tirza, with a purple cloak around her shoulders, Sid with a sword at her hip, Cherish with a arcane focus on her hand and Grawl with a sword at his back. Come back to the waking world. It is the 28th of so, and some of you are very hungover. Mm. <laughs> I, I actually thought about this before this session um i think i can do this because i can erase drunkenness i will use some of my lay on lay on hands points to cure your hangovers five points of lay on hands to cure a hangover oh <laughs> yes you suddenly drenched in sweat as you burn for the fourth time in two days Tears <laughs> saves the day. <laughs> is, that, is everyone awake, though? You begin coming to consciousness, and you find many of your companions rousing as well. Judah comes back to the tent fairly early. Uh, you find uh, cups of tea waiting for you when you wake up. I will also cure Judah's hangover if he has one, because and I he assume does. he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. Talila is sitting at the end of your bed when you wake up, Tears are just kind of watching. Sure, you didn't die in your sleep. Good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like a cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does she blink? Does she blink? Not as or much as like... you'd like her to. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I was afraid of. Uh, delightful. Uh-huh. George is um, nowhere to be seen. Well, that's for the so best, big. really. Barely fit in here. Out of sight, out of mind, you know? <laughs> nope. <laughs> um. But of Valor and Camion, there is no sign. Hmm. Everyone, you might want to grab some tea for a minute. And as Grawl sets everyone down to have a conversation about what transpired the night before. And with all of you now, with the assurity of what is to come next, we pull away from the tent that the Threadless have been sharing as Judah and Talila begin listening to a somewhat depressing story. 
of Valor's last minutes here on this plane. And we leave our heroes there for now. Because elsewhere, there is a city that is on fire. There is a man who sits alone in a room that is a bit below his personal standards, but it will do for the time being. He drums his fingers absently on the table, staring at an open book in front of himself, not really reading the words that are written there, having been written in an automatic hand, letters next to quotations that mark out a conversation being had that he was simply privy to with his ears, if not his eyes. He will smile ever so slightly and say, Very interesting. Hmm. And Phineas Finebrook will close the book, stand up, tap a finger on his thin lips briefly, walk across the room to a strange device, tubing and weird wires cross in an almost organic fashion. Liquids of some strange origin bubble through this thing like foul ichor. He will tweak something here or there, the bile within set to bubbling. It will hum with some strange frequency that makes his teeth rattle and sets his hair to itching. This is a sensation he is used to, though. And he will say, speaking quietly into an open pipe that leads towards the bile, Master, I beg an audience. I have information regarding the origins of the parasite and those who are aiding it. And I think it is there that we are going to leave tonight's episode of Material Components. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at MattComRPG. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponents at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. Because we're getting to the end game here, baby! Atticus Carter, Phineas Finebrook. Boo. <sighs> All your the favorite old bastard mage men. Herself. Fuck. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like so- I feel gross. You know what I mean? Like I feel You couldn't have known. Yeah. I know I couldn't you couldn't have. have. It's totally still, not your fault. No. Feel, I still feel gross. You know like what I mean? The fact that guy Mott didn't see nothing. He was too 
poised in anger against the other two. It's like, bro, look to your left. Like a little bit. Just look to no. your left. No, Grawl, that's your weird feud. <laughs> I I have my own weird feuds. <laughs> I can't keep track of them all. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Twitter and all of my great Mott impressions uh, at Elliot C. Lewis. <laughs> um, where... Uh, yeah, I mean, right now I'm doing a lot of, like, spooky, spooky drawings. So I'm not talking about MacCom as much, but we will get back to our regularly scheduled programming soon. <laughs> I don't know, girl in a bathrobe could be pretty terrifying. That's true. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at CryoutOlivia, um, where I... Probably just more yelling. I'm so glad that my microphone has a mute function so that I can just scream mm -hmm. all the time while we're recording. I try to um, screaming on the ends. So yeah. yeah, me too. Hey, come uh, come hang out and scream with me, folks. <laughs> Tis the season. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> if you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, you can find me at the Um motherfucker <laughs> god damn it i know it's just gonna I make just... his death all the more sweet right. remember how sid and i were like this guy can't be that bad god nah, dog nah, we dog. So called naive. that shit called that shit right off the bat uh -uh, so uh -uh, bad. Uh -uh. you did you did Anyways, <laughs> um i'm going uh, also i just want to say i'm going to be making a uh material components instagram mm. so i'm going to be posting some uh fun stuff over there hopefully soon um hopefully we can get some art from elliot over there dice rolls crazy fun stories little screen caps all that kind of fun stuff um it should be the exact same name as our twitter handle which is uh matcom rpg m-a-t-c-o-m rpg um yeah i gotta get the cadence <laughs> right like trained mm -hmm. us well mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, shoot on over there and, uh, hopefully we'll have some cool stuff for you. Um, and if you, uh, after all of that, uh, great social media plugs still feel the need to, to reach out to us, uh, don't reach out to me. I'm not there. Uh, I'm only here in the meat space. Um, uh, but what you can do instead is, is, uh, is actually something that, would really really help us and that would be rating and reviewing our podcast on whatever platform you're consuming it with uh reviews help us a lot uh it lets other people know that uh we're a great show that they should download uh and then it also lets us know that people enjoy our stuff um which you know being in a podcast is already really fun uh i already love the story but it is nice to it's nice to hear from you guys so please do that and if you do, if you rate and review our podcast and include the name of an NPC in that in the subject line of that review, we will put that name in this campaign. It seems like this uh, story starting to wrap up here, but it's not too late really to not. stuff some names into the story. I don't know if I'd put it that way, but yeah, <laughs> just stuff them, just smush them into the story. The, just smush them in. <laughs> smush them right up in there. Just get them in there. Smush them right up in that story. 
Listen, um, as soon as we get to Stormhaven, we're going to start shaking people's hands as soon as we see them and saying, hi, I'm Cherish or Sid or whatever. What's your name? <laughs> no, I ain't touching nobody. Touching and they're not going to be they're not gonna be one-offs. I will personally make sure Sid befriends whoever this person is. Uh, oh, I will Lordy. make sure they, they are essential to the story. Yes. Uh, on that note, speaking of uh, essentials, uh, we are... Qu- quickly approaching the the two-year anniversary of this uh podcast holy shit everybody congratulations uh as of the this episode being released uh our two-year anniversary is of course on the 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 31st uh because i wanted it to be on halloween uh so that's when we started recording but least ways to celebrate uh, that and to celebrate all the fine people who have helped encourage us to keep doing this for two whole freaking years, nearly 100 episodes. Uh, I think including all of the one shots and bonus episodes and stuff, it probably mm-hmm. is over 100 at this point. But oh, yeah. Yeah, right. numbering wise, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, this will be all episode that official shit. Uh, 92, 93. I don't remember anymore. But least ways. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are going to be having a Material Components giveaway two-year anniversary special. Huzzah! Come get your free shit. Come. We, 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 like Strahd, give people presents on our birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tradition. We are also trying to curry political fa- favor. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> uh, and you can curry that favor over on the Matcom Twitter feed. Uh, there will be some sort of announcement post there that will certainly be up by the time this episode drops. Um, <laughs> and if you want to enter into this giveaway, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter and like and retweet that particular post. Uh, and you could be entered into a chance to win a, uh, a third party D and D book of your choice. Uh, the selections of which will be up to you. Uh, the current selection includes deep magic. One of the newer releases from Cobalt press, uh, arcana of the ancients, a science fantasy supplement from Monty cook games or the caretaker warlock and uh, Animal Companion Supplement from the fine folks over at Metal Weave Games. Uh, one of those could be yours if you win this drawing. On top of that, you'll be get, a, get an awesome dice set as chosen by the cast here at Material Components, as well as a kick-ass art print from our very own Elliot Lewis. Um, of everyone's favorite spooky NPC, Talila. <laughs> the spookiest. She wants your bones too. Yes, it turns <laughs> out uh, her need for bones isn't bound to this podcast. Uh, nope. <laughs> she will come to your what? house asking for your bones. What What did I say last episode? Welcome to the circle of Talila's <laughs> actual friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, least ways to enter into that winning, all you need to do is, like I said, follow, retweet, and like the post over on Twitter. That's at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. Uh, and you too could win some awesome, awesome stuff from us here at Material Components because, guess what? We love you. We do. Like a lot. Like a it's lot. Kind of unhealthy. It's it's look, yeah. just I'm waiting for your bones. That's all. That's really all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Counting down the days. <laughs> yes. And of course, <laughs> while you're there, you can find me, your humble dungeon master, at MK Gargoni on Twitter. Uh, I always love discussing all things Dungeons and Dragons and any other tabletop RPG, because there's so many of them out there. And you can of course find 
our good, good friend Omatep at NPC underscore AN, because even though he seems to have gotten away scot-free with selling duplicate magical items to a second Cherish, and I'm sure there'll be no repercussions from that. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. For sure. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Haven't forgotten. <laughs> Best be offering a steep discount on that Gundam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course he is an important NPC. If he wants to stay that way, then <laughs> he's important for now. He might know a thing or two about this giveaway as well. So why not uh, go check him out as well? He might uh, be able to rustle you up some deals. Eh? Uh, <laughs> but leastways, thank you all so much for listening. As always, the world is chaos. So please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I like your butt. <laughs>